Hello, everybody. Welcome back to CORE. This is CORE for Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're back to talk about video games, the business around it, new releases, a lot of Elden Ring talk ahead. So I'm just letting you know. I mean, I don't really think there'll be spoilers per se, because what do you spoil? Is there stuff to spoil? I don't. We haven't gotten that far in the game. We can certainly spoil things, but uh, I haven't beaten the first castle, I guess. Okay. Does the castle so, come alive and walk around like a giant castle and try to kill you? Haven't met one of those yet, but <laughs> it's not off the table. Yeah, I haven't ruled it out either. Yeah, I've seen some weird shit in videos and gifts and stuff, and I'm uh, I'm certainly nowhere near any of that. In fact, I barely started cracking that game open today. Uh, we'll get to all that later, but yeah, expect some Elden Ring to- Ring talk later, and uh, I'm sure some of you are really looking forward to that. Some of you are going to be like. Uh, don't spoil a thing. So we'll try not to. I don't know if we can. It's too weird to spoil, depending on how far we are. It depends on what people consider spoilers. I'd just say, you know, be careful. If you want a completely clean experience, when we talk Elden Ring, maybe check out, Yeah. Uh, depending on what you think. Because we will talk about it. We'll probably talk about weird things we've seen and yeah. encountered and stuff like also, that. Yeah. Get off social media. Stop looking at news articles related to gaming. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've seen stuff and I'm like, shit. <laughs> can't finish this game fast enough. The whole world wants to publish articles. Like I was watching. I just wanted to watch a little video with some tips on it. Yeah. Some, and they show like three shots of mods. I'm like, I don't want to see this. Like, because they're you know these videos they want to use to make their video look cool. They put cool stuff for the game in. And I'm just like, f off. Close yeah. the video. Have either of you? Um, this is a side note, so I'm not worried about bringing it up now. But have either of you left any notes for other players like you do, where you leave that little scar yeah. on yeah. the ground? Yeah. You have yeah, done that. Yeah. So I've only been able to find some that are useless. Uh, I've got a guy that could just keep saying Part butthole. Just keep saying butthole. He'll go. Try, did, <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you try finger? He'd say yeah. like he'd say things butthole, like try uh, two fingers. He's like, hey, <laughs> magic lies here, butthole, or hey, butthole, do this, butthole, like just butthole. That's all so I got. I'm gonna. Well, we should. We're on it now. I'm just gonna give you a few hints now. All right, the go. Give us your hints. Says secret door lies ahead. Yeah, no probably no secret door. Although it, it <laughs> no. worked once and it blew my damn mind. There was one time where I was like, I fall for this every time, and I hit the wall, and the wall goes and yeah, disappears, I and I was like. See, what just happened? They're dicking with you. And by that, but I most mean... Most of the time, yeah, yeah. it's not right. Yeah, I agree. Most of the time... percent of the time, it's not true. And, and if it says try jumping, maybe don't try jumping. Don't jump. Oh, I love uh, those because because usually there's a thing on the ground that says don't jump and then a bunch of blood spatters that you can touch and see the deaths. <laughs> yeah. And they're all and jumping. Everybody's jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, well, they should have listened to that guy. Don't jump. That was a bad idea. But yeah. sometimes they tell you to jump and that's wrong too. Um I have thoughts on all that because I know that's not a new thing. These games are famous for it and, you know, yeah. whatever. Twitter. But it's their version of Twitter. It's <laughs> Twitter is in, inside the game. I love it's it. Elden Twitter. <laughs> yeah. what it is. Secret door ahead. Butthole. Yeah. That's it. Dot com. My, my favorite current meme is that there are people that call every monster they see a, is a dog. And it's just always like dog question mark. And it's clearly a dragon or a lizard or a bear or something. And someone will put a message that just is their avatar pointing and it'll just go dog. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it is really amazing. Good. And there are some things that are indeed dog looking, but yeah, I don't know why they decide to do it with everything. I did notice this. Um, I'm going to put this in the chat so you guys can see it. Uh, but this is just a little brief dragon beef, little dragon beef. OK, it's not even beef. Uh-huh. I'm going to just go ahead and put my signature on top of this thing and say, I approve of the dragon design in this game. 
Uh, I've only seen this dragon that I'm putting in Discord so you guys can see it. I'm showing the chat right now. Uh, that is a badass dragon. Um, he has the proper uh, limbs, meaning he's he uses his wings as arms once he lands. He doesn't have dumb little fore, forearm crap. He's got a real beefy back end, really cool front end. That is a badass dragon. I'd look forward to encountering him in the world. So there. Yeah. Well, you won't have to wait long. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. He's is he early? Not oh, far okay. from him. Okay, cool. That's we'll like, find that's like, him. That's like a, a one minute horse ride from the start. <laughs> is, is it really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is literally right next to it's where. Not, it's not even spoilers. The game is so huge. There's so much stuff. I have no problem telling you. There's an awesome dragon within 30 seconds of finishing the tutorial <laughs> and getting up to the main world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you have to, you know, just uh, if you bother his eggs, he will come defend them. Okay, but so you don't have to fight him like a lot of things. Oh, we'll get into all this later. The game's the game has got stuff to say, and we have things to say about it. Don't worry, we're getting dragon there. Beef. Dragon beef. It's got, it's got a good dragon. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I don't know if that's indicative of later dragons or if there even are later dragons or not. But well, that's I just the best dragon. Okay, well, kudos to them because it's a very cool design. Oh, actually, I haven't seen other. Oh, maybe John knows. Uh, I haven't seen any creature, monster, whatever in that game. That didn't look cool. They're all cool, like Brad. Yeah, Some of I them. I mean, the the warrior jars are a little. <laughs> this is exactly what I was thinking of. The jar, the little jar people. Cool is not a word I'd use in conjunction uh, with the warrior. Okay, I haven't Some seen those. Puddles but. of blood and filth that leave a little bit to be desired. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, but so mostly mostly things look cool, or what I would say. There is a large catalog of monsters, which was part of what makes this game. Part of what makes yeah. it good, yeah. And some yeah. of them are just a freaking trip. I cannot get enough of the video clip of the guy running up to that creature pulling the cart that doesn't seem to be responding to anything. He hits him in the leg, thing immediately steps on him and kills him, just smashes him. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, storm, yeah. storm giant. I yeah. can't get enough of that. I, it's one of my favorite things to come out this year. Yeah, those Scott's. Guys are, those guys are rough. Can you believe Scott's talking excitedly about a about a Souls like? Well, we'll talk about it later. No. Oh, oh. Exciting. All right, let's get to some of this stuff so we can get there. Um, Epic Games bought Bandcamp, and uh, Bandcamp. Uh, well, I can tell you right now how Band Bandcamp uh, uh, benefits from this. Bandcamp will get flush with money. They can now do things in a, on a more international scale. That is a very successful venture for especially indie bands and people trying to get their their music out there as a great alternative to the big streaming names apple and you know spotify and everybody else so it's it's a nice it's always been a nice little niche place for for artists to put their stuff and it will continue to be that but they're going to have bigger reach they're going to have um enough money to go places they haven't been able to go before and get into markets they've never been able to tap i cannot for the life of me this week figure out what's in this for epic other than just a little expansion arm of you know, here's a thing to do, but it doesn't really help them in games. How, how much do they I can spend tell you, I can tell you right All now. All right, you tell me. Go Fortnite. But what? I it, bet this. But I, what does it do? Fortnite. They have cars and radio stations and live concerts and bands and let me tell you, Fortnite is full of an insane amount of music, which I didn't know because I never did any of this. But yeah. I recently watched my stepkids playing it and. They get in the car, they start going. There's a whole radio station. Um, I want to say that it had a DJ hosting it, even like Grand Theft Auto style. I could be wrong on that, but like they are going wild with that stuff and doing concerts in there. There's like a concert, it feels like every week or there, something there going is a on lot in of that, that game. Yeah, sure. Like 
it's crazy. Now, that doesn't mean that they were like, well, let's buy Bandcamp because that's going to make Fortnite a little better. Like, I'm sure there's going to be other possibilities uh, and other avenues or maybe just an additional revenue source. But I'll tell you right now where I immediately see an application where they're going to make use of it is Fortnite. Well, see, now that assumes something that is actually I, I don't think is true. And you can tell me if I'm wrong about this assumption. But it, but that assumption is is this. A lot of people think them buying Bandcamp means they suddenly own all of that content. They don't. If they want they to use yeah, any no. of the music in there, they still have to license it like they would normally. Um, this doesn't facilitate really any of that other than maybe a more rapid relationship with smaller bands and acts. But well, it, that's what I was thinking. Yes. Right. Like if you're going to try and populate, I mean, it's kind of weird because it depends it, on the rights that yeah. you sign off on up selling through them because one of the big controversies in music, generally speaking, is there's a lot of services that will let you. You got to do a lot to copyright your your music and have those licenses. I'm sure Brian Ibbett is pretty well informed actually on this. Yeah, he pays it every. He has to pay um, a pay a thing every year that makes us so we can play music on our shows. So and stuff. to me, the question I look at it because Bandcamp always felt like if I made a song and wanted to sell it, maybe Bandcamp rather than have to go through ASCAP or whatever it is. To copyright it, make sure everything's, you know, it's like $5,000 before I can even put it up and maybe I'll sell 100 songs and make 100 bucks or something. You know, Bandcamp strikes me as like maybe lower to the ground. Well, they'll take on some of that work or help you with that potentially. But if they do, they may retain rights. You may have to, it would be interesting to read an EULA to see if like, well, you know, yes, it's your music, but we reserve the right to use your music on our platform to promote it and to do all this other stuff. And now to use it in Bandcamp or something. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know if everyone's going to be cool with that or not. And Maybe I not. Probably wouldn't. I be, mean, but. keep keep in mind, too, this is not um, any huge act. Like, you know, your your Taylor Swift's of the world aren't on Bandcamp. You don't. That's not an avenue right. for them. This is for which I think is actually kind for of indies. great. It's, it's what. Indies. Yeah. It's what makes it cooler, in my opinion, is that it is for indies. It's for small startups or for somebody who got big on YouTube and now they're going to make some albums or whatever. And um, as much as I love, I really like Bandcamp uh, quite a bit, but I don't, I just don't know what huge advantage it gives Epic. And I, I think John's got the right idea and, and Bo's right about if you make the right licensing deal with this acquisition, then maybe that all works out. And those, those bands actually get a piece of Fortnite money. And then that's how it should work. Um, okay. But, so I'm reading their terms now. Yeah. You don't, it, it says you don't sign over your rights of the song yeah yeah they don't get the rights I mean, i'm just i'm just perusing it but they do put that out pretty yeah. out front probably a big question everyone's asking before they upload their stuff to anywhere because some places will say like yeah we're now a partner the ownership now, yeah. yeah yeah i do like what ziggurat in the chat suggests unreal engine is for indies too and that's true people can download the unreal engine and make small games and put them out with very little cost to them on the overhead because of their level of use of that engine um, having access to more music content at that level, maybe is, is could, one of the tricks. I don't know. Maybe that's it. It could be that they are trying to branch out legitimate effort to try and get into music and mm-hmm. independent of games. And we're just looking for that connection, but it could also be, I mean, one of the biggest things that streaming and sharing games is having right now is DMCA issues because of music 
and music licensing and all of that, it could be that they are trying to explore an avenue. Although again, we're getting in the weeds with rights and who's going to say what and all of that, especially when you now add another third party like Twitch or YouTube onto there. But it could be that they are trying to build a platform where it's like, well, Hey, if you play music off Bandcamp, you know, we can guarantee you this many artists and playlists and songs that are going to be uh, DMCA free. If you stream it on Twitch or YouTube or something like that, you can use it for your, your video games. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. knows? Or in video games themselves, like, Hey, you want to put, you know, EA did that with the EA tracks. Now, granted, those were big name songs. They weren't, yeah typically indies but they could be doing their own version of that where epic is trying to build a roster of talent that they can offer directly to indie game developers you want licensed music in your game here's what we have for you we can provide that well and here's where things get gummy so um depending on how they do it so yes they don't retain rights to your music but you do agree to it and this is in the terms enable the company to exploit your music Pursuant to the above provisions, you grant the company blah, 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 worldwide, non-exclusive, royalty-free, sub-licensable, and transferable right to use, distribute, reproduce, copy, and display your trademark, server marks, slogans, logos, and some of the proper rights, solely connection. It doesn't talk about the song, but it does talk about the trademark. I'm sure if I keep looking, I'll find it because they need to have permission to be able to, like, promote it, right? right so, like, right. if they're going to make, like, a radio... I even saw like a Bandcamp, right? Maybe there's a DJ that's going to promote Bandcamp stuff. Well, if Fortnite's part of the mix... Maybe it's like, yeah, we're promoting it on Fortnite, but really this is a value add for Fortnite. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's not really a problem. I guess if you're a musician, maybe you want your music out there. But I don't know. Some artists can be very, um, especially musical artists, very uh, focused on causes and stands and anti-corporate stuff. They may be like, I don't want my music on Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I'm a dignified musician. They might I'm have the uh, they, they may have the option to to back or to bow out of any of those deals. Yeah, I, I would hope that <clears throat> that provision is there for them because you're right. Like one of the reasons bands like Bandcamp is it is a very open air kind of arrangement for the connection between a user and the and the bands. And and a lot of times the bands can say look, we don't want full price for this album. You can even have it for free. We'd love it if you gave us a couple of bucks so you pick the price. Like that's a big part of that service. And it's a really cool thing that they, they've got. It's like builds a lot of trust between actual fans and the and musicians themselves. Um, you know, it's easy to look at any of these acquisitions and go, ah, oh, the man's stepping in and now we're screwed. Um, I hope what happens is they just get flush with money and can do what they need to do in other places and expand the platform and if it means games benefit in some weird way that we can't see right now, f- fine. But don't well, screw the bands and don't screw their listeners. How about that? Ziggurat just posted it in the chat, and this was going to be another thing I wanted to mention, which was um, there has been a lot of anxiety of, is Epic going to come in and ruin it? And in general, and again, this we have to take them at their word, and if you don't want to believe it, you know nobody's going to make you. Um, but Epic has stated that they are not looking to change what Bandcamp is. Like they're, they've made a statement that, generally speaking, they want to keep the platform the way it is and keep it working generally the way it, it already is. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll see. You know, it, you never know. Um, but they, they want something says. out of it. Yeah, yeah they want sometimes something. Sometimes it's underlying. Something. Sometimes yeah. it's patents or it's underlying technology. Um, it's hard to think that Bandcamp has any of these <laughs> anything special in this in this strain. Uh, it, to me, the thing that's probably special about Bandcamp is its user base. Yeah. 
was talking to Tom Merritt. He, he thinks this is also at, acts as a poke in the eye to Apple because, you know, Epic is not happy with the way Apple uh, has been with them. They're in the middle of a an ongoing yeah, continuing true. lawsuit. Yeah. So that's I don't think the whole thing's like a spite purchase the way that Larry David would do it. Um, it's, it's what is it, Mocha Joe's versus Mocha's uh, store? <laughs> yeah, Larry's lattes Spite or whatever. Store. Yeah, l- l- latte Larry. Latte Larry's. Like that. that was it. Um, one of my favorite seasons. I love that. Great toilets though. It was so good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I don't think it's that. I think that may be a that may be a side thing for them to be able to expand into music in such a sweeping way, even though it's not really a direct competition move. It does it does take the indie thing off the table and becomes theirs. And I hope they do say like what they, what John just said, I hope they do treat it well and with respect and let it be what it's going to be and just grow it. And even if it is just a side thing for them, fine, let it be another part of their business. Um, if, if they did that, that would be great. If Microsoft does that with Blizzard and Activision, great. Uh, if all of these companies, if Amazon, which has a pretty hands-off approach to Twitch continues to do that, great. Um, they effed up Comixology at least right at the moment. They, that may f- fix itself. I don't know, but 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 you know, for the most part, it seems like you don't want to spend this kind of money without. And we actually don't know the terms of the deal, do we? The money. I mean, have they said? Yeah, I looked at that and I didn't see anything in the link. Yeah, I don't one. think there's a price. Um, but for whatever that is, it's you know in the many millions, possibly billions. The 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 acquisition for Activision Blizzard King was sixty eight point whatever billion. You don't spend that kind of money and then just go in and gut it and say, I'm in charge now. You just that just F's it. And then what's your investment worth when you do that? So I think these companies are smart enough to know you can't mess with what's good about the thing if you really want to pay that much money for it. This isn't a buy and squash deal like a lot of companies do. You know, Google will go out and buy somebody just to squash it and never have to have it as a competitor. They don't use the tech they bought, they just kill it. Um, that's not unusual, but you usually don't see that in the big figures. So I don't know. I think ultimately we'll. This is a wait and see, but it's fine, you know. And Bandcamp's what it is already still for everybody that wants to use it the way they want to use it, and it'll probably just get better and more far-reaching. And you'll get bands in places of the world you never heard before, and that's cool. So it's fine. Epic's just doing a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm now like browsing music on here. I'm like, oh yeah, Bandcamp's the thing. It's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, if you, especially if you're like, I don't want to pay a subscription for for music, then that place is old fashioned. Download your album. Here's all your MP3s, and they're lossless, and or you can get a lossless version, or some of them are, you know, all of them are no DRM. So they they really do cater to that. I want my music how I want it, where I want it, and on my hard drive kind of attitude. And I think there's plenty of people that really like that. So, uh, so there you go. Yeah, and it is easy to rip. Here's the thing with Bandcamp. You can play all the songs. Maybe the the band or the the artist can adjust these settings and their stuff. <laughs> but you can go and just hit play and then record off the site. You basically can strip it right off the site if you want to. Yeah. Or if you have like Internet Download Manager or something like one of those. Yeah. You can download YouTube videos with the right piece of software too pretty sure. easily. Sure, sure, sure. But um, it's... Uh, it's sort of like a. I think SoundCloud has monetization. Like they do. Yeah. Bandcamp's not the only one, right? SoundCloud. No. SoundCloud has monetization. I use them for my podcast uh, files. So yeah, they my- do. They have podcast hosting as mm-hmm. well. But um, yeah. I think do they? You can buy albums because mm-hmm. I know SoundCloud is mostly like a free space. But 
can yeah, you can totally buy albums. Um, I mean, right. back when it produced some of the biggest like hip hop artists of the current day, like uh, I don't know if he's hip hop, but like the Russ, weekend. Russ, Russ came up. I like Russ because he's Russ tells is cool. F off and he, he's yeah, he tells everyone not to do drugs, but he's also doing drugs. Like, <laughs> no, 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 he's not. But he's like, uh, well, he's just he's telling he's like he's a holier than thou. This holier than thou rapper. Yeah, he's like you sure. guys, because yeah, the rappers are like that, right? So you guys do drugs, you suck, and I'm the best. I sold lots of copies of albums, and it's mm-hmm. just the same old shit, but. He kind of does it. He's got some good songs. That's what they used like. to call that? There was but a word for this in the rap. SoundCloud rappers. No. <sighs> what was that like, called? There's a whole genre. Like, there's a genre of rap now called SoundCloud rappers with all these rappers who've. Well, it's where Post Malone got started. SoundCloud. It's where The Weeknd got started. Like, there's some big acts that I'm got sure started there. I'm sure there are SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, Gucci, Gucci Man, Gucci Man, or whatever. Gucci Man. Gucci Gang. Gucci oh. Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Yeah. yeah what's the, that? Little guy, little guy. He is a little little name. pump, little pump, little pump. pump. That's right, little penis pump. Little they pump. call him. Yeah, I don't know if Takashi Six Nine was uh, came up on SoundCloud, but I think he's considered a, like all the YouTube like this weird generation. <laughs> yeah, uh, that came up on social media and trolling rather than through gangs. Yeah, basically, you know. Anyways, it's I watched maybe one too many hip hop documentaries. No, I think that's here, great. Yeah. I love oh, that stuff. I, 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 I'm a big rap fan, but I like I grew up in the age of Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, you know, I like Wu Tang Clan, Boot Clan, Boot Camp Click. Yeah, uh, even Fifty Cent on the more mainstream side of things. But I, I liked a lot of underground uh, stuff as well. But I haven't really listened to too much new stuff. That's my class book. I won't play the whole thing. Um, Shody. um yeah we'll we'll get some get some letters for that but yeah. um <clears throat> but i was like i i'd stepped away from it for a while so i'm like what's going on with rap and i was like oh my god i feel like an old man like what are they doing like it's so awful oh yeah it's it's exploded like, it's so low effort it's so clearly youtube generation mm-hmm. and it's popular as shit and you're yeah, like people love it you're right my day rap was real yeah man <laughs> and i'm like oh no i'm old and i sound like everyone who said rock was real in yeah. their day it's yeah. the same thing that's the repeating pattern but they you know they they are what they are i noticed um it's his name uh there's somebody who came out of there and now still puts his music there and lets everybody have it for free and i can't remember his name anyway Whatever. The point is, uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, yeah. with J. Cole. Well, J. Cole's been around for a long time, though. Yeah. Didn't that uh, uh, that cool world guy that passed away? He started there, I think. What about uh, Big Baby or Lil Baby? Uh, or Lil... Da Baby. Da Baby. Oh, who are those? Who are those? Big baby, Lil Baby. Who are those no, island boys? Those stupid island boy twins or whatever? Island boy twins. F those n- Talking about efforts. race memored or whatever? No, they're... D- I'm an island boy. That That whole thing. Have you heard that? You're, you know what? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I wish I was you. It sucks. Is it by, uh, say, I'm an island boy, fly soul? You're talking about Soldier Boy. Tell him. No. No, is that what you're no, okay. Soldier Boy is still, uh, and Soldier Boy is, uh, oh. He's a sideshow. Oh my god, he was selling fake Nintendos for like a couple, <laughs> of, like, like totally. Everyone's like they're fake as shit or something like that. Some fake ass console. Yeah, I love it forever. And then you know he got busted. And he's like, these guys don't want to let a black man do business. And like, dude, yeah, they're you're knockoffs. Scamming people, yeah. you know, like yeah, they're knockoffs. You're gonna get in trouble for that. No, the one. Right. So the one I'm thinking of, Fly is, Soldier. Was it Fly, Fly Soldier Island Boy? That's it. Okay, it I've sucks. never seen this. Is it like one? 
one with blonde hair. Yes, got, like, it's going to make you want to die. Don't. It's the 2020 version of Crisscross. You remember Crisscross? Yeah, when, like I, I had do. there were yeah. kids in in Elmer, Quebec, wearing their <laughs> pants backwards because of Crisscross. All right, <laughs> like trying to look cool. And even I wanted to wear my pants backwards. Yeah. My I think was that like, was the. You're not uh, doing that, John. Did you I think ever that do was that? The first cassette tape I owned that oh. was mine. Oh my lord! Where I was like. I mean, we had cassettes, but it was always like me listening to my dad's music. Yeah. And I think that was the first one where I was like, I need I need to go to uh, the warehouse and mm-hmm. I need to buy crisscross because mm-hmm. uh, they're going to make me jump, jump. And yeah, uh, they are. I need this. And yeah. Yeah, it this was is bad. we I was just really into MC Hammer for a period of my life too. Oh, oh MC Hammer was great in the day when yeah. that album, whatever that almost got, don't touch this and mm-hmm. too legit to quit, and yeah, yeah. we yeah. got to pray to make it today. Yeah, that's the one. That was that was hot. That was hot. Yeah. At, at nine year old, te- or maybe it was 10, 11. I loved that. Yeah, it was great. But we just live in a different time. I was I was laughing the other day because. Uh, He's now like a legit actor with like real acumen and in and, and big movies and all sorts of stuff. But that Timothy Chalamet kid, I say kid, he's in his 20s. Uh, he was he was doing uh, Xbox 360 mods back in the early aughts. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a he was a aspiring YouTube uh yeah, he's a little YouTube kid doing like, oh man, my 360, I got plugged in this hard drive and it made me like just one of those. You can find him. They're out there. And now he's like, he's freaking, he's in Dune. <laughs> There's probably a cassette tape floating around somewhere of me trying to rap too. I'm sure like there, you know, that exists somewhere. Yeah. 20 years ago. He was great. Or in don't look CDs up CDs or something. Yeah. He had a weird role in don't look up. I really liked that. If um, I ever hit Brad Pitt levels of fame, <laughs> uh, whoever's got that CD is going to be publishing getting a hundred grand off somebody to get a hold of that artifact. Did you see that, uh, that bullet train movie he's coming up in? Did you see the trailer for that by chance? No, no. You should no. watch I that. Heard, I heard there's a John Wickalike. Yeah, it's another Wickalike. Exactly. <laughs> it's another a Wickalike. Great name. Yeah, it is. It's so, a Wickalike. Everyone's so, like, oh shit, Wick is a good movie. We could do that. And yeah, Wickalike. No, you're totally right. And sometimes they're great. Like I loved, I loved Nobody, which is a Wickalike. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's and, a Wickalike movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the the thing is, it's it's what's his name who directed? Uh, he directed Deadpool one and two, or maybe just one. Ryan Reynolds? No. Not not Ryan Reynolds. He didn't direct it. He's just in it. I can't remember who directed it. But anyway, it's Brad Pitt. I heard from Ryan Reynolds that the guy who directed it was stupid. Oh. Maybe he said that that in the movie, right? It was directed by some idiot. Oh, and so he was being fourth Wally about it, yeah. Well, apparently, uh, this looks kind of rad. I don't know why I said apparently. Apparently, this looks rad. It looked rad to me. So watch the trailer. (laughs) You're like that little kid that's being interviewed. Apparently. Apparently, <laughs> we use him on TMS all the time for um, uh, for this. Where is it? Yeah. I don't watch the news. That's that kid. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, I don't like the TV. And apparently, and that kid was amazing. He was that my kid. Is it was a great best. meme. Yeah, he was a good meme. Anyway, go watch the Wickalike trailer. It's for something called Bullet Train that has nothing to do with Epic Games buying Bandcamp. Let's move on to Bungie says it's uh, a hard no when it comes to the Steam Deck and Destiny, specifically. They're not going to let you play Destiny 2 on the Steam Deck. What? And they're not being very clear as to why they won't. Because Sony bought them. 
Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think reached for the easiest real... thing. What could, yep. what, what is going on in my head? Sony bought them. That's the reason. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd choice because I actually really can't suss this out for myself. There's a lot of theories out there, but the main the main one I think it is probably is, is oh, and they did say this. They said the minute the device supports without any, you know, fiddling around Windows as a base operating system, and it will do Windows. It's just that they want you to, you know, launch everything in the in the Steam OS until it supports that, then no go. And I don't know if that's a security concern. If they're like, well, I don't want to have this running on Linux or a fork of Linux, which is, you know, Steam OS is a fork of Linux. Um, you know, players don't care. They just want it to run and run well. And I I that's the only thing I can think of. Some security thing, like they're worried about hackers or or cheats or something. Everybody's saying it's because of anti cheat. No, it isn't. They've already confirmed that anti-cheat will work on the device. Yeah, it already works. It still works, yeah. right? So I think that's not it. I think it's uh, and and like you said, like somebody somebody actually got this uh, running. They got Stadia running on their Steam Deck, running Destiny Two, which is hilarious because that's dumb. First of all, yeah. second of all, <laughs> um, Destiny Two on on uh, Stadia is a Linux build of the game. There's no reason that couldn't easily port to Steam OS. So it feels maybe the Sony thing is it? Or maybe Sony's just like, oh, tell them no for now. We, we got to talk about it. This is all happening too fast. I don't know. I don't well, know, but they the said if you, yeah. if you try and find a way to work around, we are going to ban your account, is yeah. what they said. Yeah. If we if we catch you logging in at using any method of working around on, on the Steam Deck platform, we are going to just ban your account. That seems so hardcore and out of nowhere to me. Yeah. So I don't like to be conspiratorial. Bo does sometimes. In fact, here, let's play a little music. Uh, where is it? But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tinfoil hat this as well and just say I don't know. I think maybe Sony's like Sony just shut yeah, it down. Sony just bought them and like listen, uh, they're gonna get in the back in the handheld market. Maybe they're trying to copy Switch. Maybe PlayStation Six is a Switch copy because like shit, Nintendo did well. Why don't we make one of those? Yeah, make a real beefy yeah. version of that. Yeah, good. Like, sometimes like, oh. you you see a thing and you go you know you do your hot take you're like oh it's because of sony sony's doing it and sometimes that's you know a tinfoil hat in this case I, we don't need to throw bow under the bus i 100 percent think that's what it is i'll join him i'll put on that uh, we're all hat. wearing that hat it's join me under we'll the bus. all be we'll all be the tin woodsman on this show it's 100 percent <laughs> who, who doesn't want like okay so the technology is not an issue anti-cheat works that's already on linux on stadia so yeah. there's no reason and like they're programmers they can figure it out yeah like it's not hard apparently and, and, either. Developers are like, everyone, hey, it's all set. there's nobody that's like another place for people to buy and play my games. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, 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 like all, you know, like if you just don't want to have it on there, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Just don't have it work and just let people run it and whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, they own like it. that's what all the other companies who are not getting verified games are like, if it runs on it, great. Okay, cool. Buy it. Like, you know, yeah, they're not that worried about it. I mean, and they, and they shouldn't be. And the thing is, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the place of like, let's make all the developers do some undue work for this thing to make it work for their games. And apparently it's not that big a deal. Like the Elden Ring conversion was easy, according to the thing I read this morning, which I can't find now. I was trying to find it. Was yeah, well, I, was, I watched the Gabe, inter- Gabe Ann interview, and he said they, that's the goal is to make it easy for it to port. Like right. they're also not trying to throw up huge roadblocks for anyone. Right, right. The, say, uh, the article I read on The Verge, uh, so, you know, direct your, your thoughts there. Uh, 
They they basically bulleted it out this way. They said Destiny 2 is one of the most forgiving shooters in terms of controls, playing well on both console and PC. Destiny was known to use the BattleEye anti-cheat software, and the enabling for that for the Steam Deck is as easy as sending an email, according to Valve. And Destiny 2 already runs on Linux. Bungie had to port it to Google Stadia, which is a Linux-based platform. Yep. Um, so you start crossing these things off and you start to say, okay, well, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to be there, especially when you weigh the other side. Like it's one thing for them to go, ah, it's just going to require a little more effort that we're, we don't want to put in. Mm-hmm. That's one story. Mm-hmm. But with the other side of it's not allowed, we're not putting it on there. And if you try in any way, we're going to ban your account is a little bit of an overreaction that makes me go, it is that thing. Maybe it is the yeah, first it's, thing it's, we it's, all think it is. It's that or somebody drank a cup of dumb. Like, that. <laughs> like you know, somebody at Ubisoft had a big old gulp of a slurpy cup of dumb. A big they cup of dumb. Thing. <laughs> like, it's just like, people make mistakes. Maybe just somebody there was like, I don't like the Steam Deck shit. And I'm going to, you know, make a big fuss about it. Maybe they were in a bad mood. I don't know, but. Yeah. I'd yeah, like to like, celebrate uh, <laughs> today's title, A Big Cup of Dumb. Thank you, Bo, for that. That's an amazing title. I love it. Well, then maybe, well, we're going to talk about Elden Ring a lot, so maybe something better will come We along, will, like, but boy, it's going to be hard because Big Cup of Dumb is awesome. It's the opposite of dumb. I love it. It's uh, very harsh, but I mean, like, it's like, like, what else? What else can you call it? Like, sometimes people do dumb things. You just have no nice way of putting it. There's like, no way to like, put it. Yeah. Some, well, sometimes like, they're here's doing another it. PC. Yeah. It fits in your hand. Yeah. Oh, we can't play it on that PC. Only PCs that laptops, fine. Like literally, I could probably play it on a 14-inch small little laptop, no problem. But a handheld or a Linux laptop oh, at no. that. You oh could, no! Don't put it on the little handheld PC. <laughs> you could run it in uh, Linux. Let's make a public statement now and tell the people: <laughs> Do not play Destiny Two upon the Steam Deck. For that would be illegal for us, and we hate it. Good day to you all. Like <laughs> that's so stupid. They sound like they sound so stupid. I hope the person's listening. Dumb. Like I, you amazing. know, you're a great person. I'm sure yeah. you made a mistake. You deserve a bit of lampooning. Dumb. Yeah, it's pretty right, dumb. Yeah. It's uh, but it also could just be dumb corporate decision. You know, yeah, like just a bad yeah. against your own interest sort of decision. Yeah. And who knows who's making it? And the bungee people are probably just rolling their eyes, going, "Oh my gosh, are we really liking this new buyout? How are we feeling, everybody?" Like I don't know. I don't know. That's all we can do is speculate because they won't say other than they're making signals and, 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 and gestures that make it sound like they're insane a little bit. And that's yeah. weird. That's weird. And keep in, keep in mind just before, cause I can hear the, the clickety clack of people getting on and going, it's because it's not compatible. Keep in mind. We all said that we're wearing tinfoil hats on this just because we universally agree to wear the tinfoil hat. Doesn't mean it's not wearing a tinfoil hat. Yeah. We just happen to all want to wear it. I yeah. also put a lightning rod on my tinfoil hat and poured uh, <laughs> bacon grease all over it. Yeah. And yeah. then let it set a match to it. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. But I'm though. pretty sure I'm right. You know, white bacon grease. That, that's on. why I have that. <laughs> why, 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 why? I wouldn't say it if I didn't think I was right. But, you know. <laughs> but why bacon grease and not like gasoline or something? Why was it bacon grease? I'm just curious. Lightning loves uh, bacon. bacon grease is, yeah, is more lightning conductive. Oh, is that? Okay. 
I hadn't heard I'm that. I'm pretty before. sure <laughs> it's, it's been a while since high school, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's I like. An I additional mean, tinfoil hat. Lightning likes bacon yeah. Grease. Like you can it's see, fat. like cattle, they never die of lightning strikes, but pigs <laughs> dead every five feet. Just yeah. pigs. You can't you can't throw a rock without hitting a pig that's also being that's also dead and it's being electrocuted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we'll see. We don't know. That's weird. Um, Steam Deck. That's by how the way, bacon was discovered. As a matter of fact, oh, lightning struck right. a pig. Everyone got a whiff. <laughs> everybody got a whiff of it. And went, oh, we gotta have some of that. That smells delicious. We yeah. should try it. I love that well, way of cooking a pig. Just strike it once with lightning, and you're done. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Flash fry. Yeah, get a big Tesla ball. Just <laughs> zap that pig. <laughs> well, you just send him into a room with a Tesla ball in it, and just have him go in. <laughs> you know, it's all calm. Raise it up on a platform. <laughs> Take this big crank and go. I mean, we love animals. He invented bacon. We love animals. We're not. We're not saying be cruel, everybody. All right, so chill. Uh, all right, they die quick. Don't worry. Yeah, they die fast, and you eat them even faster. It's all fine. Uh, look at this here. Oh, I was going to say about the Steam Deck. I have some friends who got theirs. I'm annoyed with them because I really do want to get one of these. Did Gabe um, Newell bring it to them? No, but he did. He did do this. So he went around with a tiny, tiny mask on his massive, massive face beard. Oh, yeah. Tiny mask gate. That was yeah. a real issue. It's hilarious <laughs> it was to like, me. You need a bigger mask, sir. He really <laughs> needs it. He needs a hammock or something. I don't know what's going on there. But um, anyway, he went around to some local uh, people who had bought them in the Seattle area where they're based. And... Uh, up there in Washington and walked and went around and delivered them himself. Went to the door, had a box and said, here you go. Here's your thing, which I think is kind of cool. I would love to see Gabe Newell yeah. at my door. I'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Gabe at my door. Yeah. But he had it's a funny real, how that sentence changes based on tone. I just think it's funny. No one's really made the connection, but that mask he's wearing is like his own personal face hugger from half-life. That thing is just like going, it's like tight as a thing on there. He's probably like wishing it was off and had a, I don't know, a crowbar to take it off. Just like, you know, oh, his old pal Gordon. Having a good time, right? right? Gordon, Gabe Newell. Anyway, I mean, he's happy. He's playing Final Fantasy fourteen now. He's uh, he's he's. Did you guys you know, watch the interview that he did on IGN? Uh, no, I heard. I did hear about that Final Fantasy comment, though. I it, guess it, it was the interview was hilarious. The the girl, you know, she's real sweet and stuff. She's like, so asking very official questions and talking super fast. She's like, so what do you think about the will this uh, game appear on the Steam Deck? And he's like, well. Blah 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 blah, and she just like read things off super fast. Like, yeah, I just can't think of a question. like. Uh, do you think you'll ever have Sony PlayStation games on the Xbox Ten? He's like, well, let me see. Not really, because you know, it was just like, just, just, it was just like, it's like we're talking now, and but she was just reading them. I'm sure she was nervous, but she's like, probably dead nervous. It, it, was, it was a funny interview, but it was good. It was good. It was nice to hear from. from Gabe has an extensive yeah. knife collection. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. That's why I made the comment last week about him stabbing a knife into a desk oh, before you sit down he's I, well known for having a, a large collection of knives i did not I know did not what know you that. were i didn't know what you meant i remember you saying that and i thought oh well that's a man john went to a very violent stabby place with this but we'll no he has a, he, he's a rogue it's not so shocking if yeah. john talks about knives and yeah stabbing. that's true that's you do true. like those. yeah i mean well we know our own kind and yeah clearly Gabe Newell is uh, a rogue. He collects knives. He in Final Fantasy fourteen. He's hanging out in Limsa Lominsa, gnome pirate den. That's yeah. where the rogue job is acquired. So, yeah. you know, I'm just drawing parallels here. He, oh, he plays you know. a healer though. 
Does he? Game he knows game. That's what I'm. He plays a healer minion like, for his we son. All his son start as a healer, oh. but he's gonna wind up with the stats. Didn't start as a healer. I started as a bard. I ended as a bard. Yeah, you bard knew what you, you knew what you were gonna be. Oh, I can't Stand wait to bard. I can't wait to find to talk to you about the class you started with in Elden Ring. We're gonna start. We're gonna talk about that later because I think okay. I looked at that and went, "Is Bo insane?" And then I thought, "No, he would do this," but it just seems insane that you would pick okay. that guy. Oh, I think Bo did it right. Oh. I, that's, that's, I've never yeah. had more buyer's remorse than watching Bo pick his starting class and laughing at him at first and then later going, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> really? Okay, hold We're on. talking about that. class selections, which we'll get to when we get to the game. Let's finish the news. Yeah, we'll finish this. So, all right, anyway, so there you go. Full beard, mask too small. Good job, Gabe Newell. Um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been announced and are coming later this year. These are more the traditional... Uh, what you expect out of a Pokemon game, which bummed me out a little bit because I was kind of hoping that Arcterra or Ar- Archie. It did. Uh, actually, they they have, I think they said, unless they've corrected this, I think it's going to still use the gameplay from Arceus. I always just say like Arceus and I'm like, all right, that's close enough. And then someone always corrects me and they're like, it's Arceus or something like that. I, it's just, it's broken me. It's Arceus. <laughs> I can't do Arceus. it either. I really hate Arceus. the name. Okay. Well, if that's the case, uh, color me slightly more interested. I think it's going to be a hybrid. Of, what about Arceus? You know, kind of Arceus. traditional, <laughs> traditional style mixed with what they did. You think it's Arceus, do you? Arceus. Okay. Arceus. All right. Yeah. Why not? It's fine. It's as good as anything else I've heard. But um, <laughs> Dr. Arceus. My guess is, uh, well, they got those. So they announced those new Pokemon at Pokemon Day, and the little, the little uh, alligator-looking dude, the fire one. I yeah. love him. I love. He's him. so cute. He's so good. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna draw him. I want to make a little 3D printed one, and then paint him. I want to have him. I don't even like Pokemon, and I love that new guy. He's amazing. Yeah, and everybody draws him with an apple for some reason. Because I think because he looks like an apple, like a little, a little tiny apple alligator. Mm-hmm. He's great. Everybody got really excited about the cat that they now call the weed Pokemon because yeah. he looks like he's got a <laughs> marijuana leaf for a face. Yep. And so people are like he's become, you know, a, a spokesperson for legalization of marijuana right yeah. there. Yeah. There's yeah. always one Pokemon, though. Every generation, they're like, here's your three starters. There's always one that's just like and also. And I feel like it's the water type. Like people are either excited about the weed cat or the cute little uh, alligator, and I don't even remember what the water one is. Like it's the it's that Simpsons meme of looking at the cute sheep, and then another one gets in front of it and they slap it out of the way. Like, oh yeah, it is like that because he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. I don't remember he's him. Fine. Though. Yeah, the alligator wins, as far as I'm concerned. By the way, speaking of legalized weed, I just have one quick thing to tell you. Okay. I have a friend who has a medical marijuana card it's it's legal here in in utah that that level is legal here in utah um no recreational here but like arizona and nevada and california everywhere else everyone around us colorado all of them are legal in both ways but we're going to be the last we're i swear we're going to be the 50th state anyway um he has some of that he got it because he's got back issues and he's got this cream that's just full of i guess thc in the cream yeah is it thc or the other thing THC, not CBD, because CBD's CBD's that CBD is not is, C- is completely CBD is topical legal. too. Yeah, and you, sure. but you can get that no matter who you are here. That CBD is not regulated that yeah. way. Yeah, I know in some states it is, but yeah. anyway, it's not psychoactive. Yeah, correct, uh, but the THC laden goo, um, 
someone or I bar, I took a little bit of it and just put it on because I get a little sore thing back here. Just put a little on there. That's mm-hmm. mir- that's miracle goo. A hundred percent is. I've never used it, but my dad had um, had some joint pain that yeah. nothing could cure. Yeah. Like everything he tried, and before it became legal here in Arizona, he and my mom were doing runs to California to get the cream for it because it was the only thing that worked. Good for them. It, and, and it's, it's crazy it your, how good it Does it, it get works. into your bloodstream at all with the topical? I don't think so, but... It's probably such I, a minute amount, maybe, that yeah. makes its way in. But, but it's supposed yeah. to be, you know, very zone-specific, and, and uh, it just was amazing. Like... What are we doing? What are we doing? Let's get this done. Let's get this out. Give me a whole tub of that. I'll soak in it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, you got to get all your friends in neighboring states to just do runs. I have friends. I've got friends all over in every one of these states. Utah, get your shit together. Sorry. There are like a thousand weed stores all around me. Maybe I'll go. Well, I can't sip it over. That's the other problem is Canada's too smuggling. Yeah, that's that's cross (laughs) cross uh, country smuggling even. Yeah. But haven't you always wanted to call yourself a smuggler? (laughs) No. Like if you do it just once, you can technically call yourself that. Yeah, I just I don't I don't want to. You don't want no, the legal. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't want to be a smuggler. Okay. Uh, every smuggler movie I see always ends with the smuggler getting killed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you, it's it seems wrong. like one of the it's one of the least glamorous crime things. Like you, like assassin. Oh yeah, I'm going around killing people. This is a, I'm John Wick. I'm a Wick alike. Mm-hmm. But smuggler is always like smuggling's great. I got all this cash. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> that's, like, that's like that's like that's every smuggling story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to mark that and go back and get it later. That was really good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, oh, I'm glad I said that to myself because I have something very cool before we do emails. Hold on one second. No, you know when I'll do it? I'll do it before we do our games. Okay, never mind. Just don't let me forget when we transition right. to games. I got a thing I'm going to insert. I had the most lovely, wonderful conversation with Jocelyn this week about um, her 40 or so plus hours in uh, Forbidden West. So we recorded it. And I'm going to stick it in the middle of the show today. It's very good. Oh, nice. Yeah. It won't be like, we won't hear it here live, but uh, in the in the podcast version, everyone will get it. It's going to be very good. Anyway. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, yeah. This this next one here, we probably don't have time to cover today, uh, but I do want to earmark it. Yeah, let's hold on to that. I think that sounds but, interesting. Yeah, this this would make an interesting thing for an episode. So there, I, w- I will talk about it just lightly because li- listeners can let us know if they want us to cover that or not. But I found a Wikipedia page. I was looking up information on all the Souls games. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them was marked Games Heralded as Great Art. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just sort of when the community of reviewers or whatever comes around and says this is an amazing game. And it's a really interesting list. So one of these days, I think we should go through it. Oh, I agree. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. It's, look at it's, this. It's, 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 it's a fairly, it's a long list. But actually, when you think of all the games that exist, it's a small list. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Look at that going like, what are the games that were like, just like, mwah, by every, like universally loved and thought it was important yeah. in the gaming space. Like and culturally impactful, that, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah, really good, interesting ones on here. It's a good little list, actually. And, you know, I've played a lot of them. I've not played some of them and thought, maybe I should play these, you know. or Yeah. I love yeah. the, there's a whole group. Most of them are grouped by dates. So 2000, 2005. Uh, this one's from whatever to whatever. 2010. This one, the very first part of the list is 20th century. <laughs> They're just like starting with the <laughs> the 80s yeah. and the 90s. And I mean, that's kind of when things came. What really sold me too is I know you've, I think you've talked about Tempest a lot, right? Yeah, like, I love Tempest. Love and like the, the list starts with Tempest. And I'm like, Scott talks about that game all the time. And it's, 
It's on the list of you know video games considered artistic. I don't know if the chat, great works of art. Can the chat see my Tempest machine, the little tiny one over there? It's, it's real uh-huh. hard to see. Right, it's right there. I, I see it. Standing next to the t- the small trans or uh, small uh, stormtrooper standing there. He's big enough to play it. That's why he's there. <laughs> yeah. And he another see. one you'll be like this, uh, John. It's a Chrono Triggers on the list. Yeah, yes, it is. it is. Yeah, no, this is a good list. This is an interesting list. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy VII, Grim Fandango. For me, Disco Elysium and Hades are on here, which I was like, oh, man. Planet Escape yeah, Torment. Some of my favorite video games ever on this list. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a big Walking deal. Dead. You know, um, yeah. So there's, uh, anyways, we uh, we should pick a week and just take I would time. love to do this. Yeah. This would be a really fun breakdown. So we're going to do that. Even if we just do a little bit at a time, like maybe pick an era for one episode and then do another era, another episode, I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree um okay well that's very cool i'm glad you found that i will earmark that um all right let's get to a steam review uh this is uh reviews from steam and it's a brand new exciting steam review is all i know about it that's all john has uh, i didn't know what i was gonna do yet but i wanted you to know know that i would have (laughs) okay i just put it in there as filler (laughs) okay that's perfect that's fine and i assume this is a a traditional one right we're talking yeah just a traditional dear martha all right well sit back and enjoy whatever game this is here you go my dearest Martha, I present to you now a review for the video game Duck Game. Oh. Martha <laughs> Quack. I know that one. Yeah, quack, that. quack. Quack, quack. <laughs> quack, quack. Yours in this life and the next, Gorath. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Is that you, my did review? You, did you <laughs> yes. really do that? <laughs> I did. I don't remember this at all. You don't remember making that review? That's amazing. I think I've written five re- reviews on Steve in my life. You've uh, written nine well reviews, as a matter of fact. Oh no, you've seen them all. I'm sure some of them are. <laughs> yeah, there. I went through to find which one would be a good Martha. That was how I determined it because uh, wow. I was looking at some game, and I got to the review section. I was like, wait, something about that looked weird, and I hit the back button, and I was like, oh, because it's recommending. Bo's review because like you know it puts it at the top as like hey someone you know played this game Mm -hmm. check out what they had to say about it so it led me to read the reviews you wrote and Scott wrote and so I was like well I want to pick one of theirs Scott writes video game reviews on Steam the way he writes tweets it's like (laughs) he's just like fantastic game really fun like it's just like it's just like one line i was like this isn't gonna make a very good dear martha my personal favorite was uh scott wrote one for red faction gorilla yeah that was he just said you can't argue with this price and it's maybe the most old man thing i've ever seen scott do because i'm sure he got it on sale for like a dollar at the time but that review's evergreen it's gonna live forever they could decide to change that game's price to three hundred dollars and there will be scott's review going he can't argue with that price I love that. That is, I don't remember even doing that. I love that you found that. That's amazing. I, I remember being, oh, cause I got it for like six bucks and I thought, oh no, you know what it was? It's when they, I think it's when they put out the enhanced HD version of that game. And they, if you already had the game, they just gave it to you. And I think I was even commenting. I think the comment was more like, well, basically free. So you can't argue yeah. with that price, but I'm giving no context to it. So no, none whatsoever. That's hilarious. And it's not like the, they tell you paid, you know, three dollars for it or received it for free or anything like that yeah. just 
and can't argue with that price. It was really good. So I also read Bose and, and Bose had funnier ones that would be good for Martha, but there's just something about him writing quack seven times for duck game that I was like, eh, this is the one yeah, we got to go with. I forgot about that. That Yeah. That's really great. Well I absolutely Actually, love that. 23 reviews. I'm like, I had to go back and see. I'm like, what kind of, Oh, maybe it was Scott who did nine. Yeah. Oh, was it really? I've done nine. That's yeah, yeah, I got, I got 23 products review, but like they're pretty simple. I'm shocked by that number that I've done nine. I don't remember doing nine reviews. I did one recently, I think. I don't remember what it was even. The hell was it? <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, the new the new Bomberman, which everyone seems to be all mixed on. I really am enjoying it. I like it a lot. So I left yeah, a I was going to say there. I saw one that I assumed was based on your your Bomberman business. Yeah. But yeah, Scots are all very short. Actually, your Bomberman's probably the longest one you've ever written. What did I read? Most Just read, read it. This is Scott's review for bom- Bomb Slinger. Oh, Bomb Slinger. Sure, oh, I'm going to talk about that today. Okay, go ahead. Pretty sure this is the best Bomberman-like game ever. I prefer it over actual Bomberman games, especially the newer stuff on Steam. Has the spirit of the old stuff, but is doing lots of great stuff on its own. Would recommend to anyone who loves this brand of gameplay. Yeah. It's, it's like good. that was a legit review. Yeah, that's not me going, well, you can't beat the price, can you? <laughs> Normally, like, here's <laughs> your one for gas station simulator in all caps. <laughs> can't stop playing this thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or Shadow of War waited a long time after this came out to actually play it. It's really freaking good. That's it. Yep. Oh, man. Here, here's your review for Starcom Nexus. Okay. I love these kinds of games. They nail it. Oh, wow. I really went deep then on that and explained myself. <laughs> or Fantastic. capsized where you wrote, really, really like this game. Okay. Now, here's what's <laughs> hilarious. I don't remember what capsized is. What is that? Remind I don't know. Me. But you really, really like it. And you played it for 1.1 hours. So, you know, wow. you really know it well. Uh, Chad agrees on Starcom Nexus. It is very good. Uh, so, so I, you know what? You're right. You were your first estimation was right. I, tw- I review like I tweet. You're right. That was exactly what I do. And it's kind of dumb. I shouldn't even bother. Why <laughs> I do like I bother? It. No, it's great. It's great. You add, you add to it. It's, you know, it's an upvote for things you like, or Scott wrote a negative review. Oh, what was for? Oh, what was it for? What was the negative review? Yeah, yeah. So Scott wrote a negative re- review for light cam 100 frames per second game capture. Oh, and he wrote, yeah. needs a lot of work. I think there's potential, but lots of bugs and strange behaviors. Uh, Crashing yeah. things is not unusual, and the file converter appears to be broken entirely. We'll have to see how it shapes up with updates down the road, which I'm pretty sure he never did. Well, no, because you have 1.8 hours on record and only 1.6 hours at review time. So you did go back and give them another test. I did. I tried. It was it was basically back when we were all using fraps and things to capture video. And yeah, it feels like yeah. such an awkward phase in PC video capture. Um, I remember fraps. Fraps, dude. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. But they so I was looking for alternatives and there was some stuff popping up on Steam. And that thing was a bug nightmare. It was bad. Okay, I do remember that. Poor capsize, though. I have no memory of that game. Whatever the hell that thing was. All <laughs> you right. really like it. Look. Yeah, I really liked it, apparently. All right, well, that was yeah. great. I'm glad that we found it. Yeah, this is great. I, I feel like you unearthed some gold that I forgot we buried. That's just great. I had no idea it was in there. All right, 
Gonna do something a little special real quick. Uh, myself and Jocelyn, my former co-host now of the instance. I don't know if everybody here has heard this or not. I'm sure you all have by now. That's all anyone's talked to me about for the last week. But last Friday, a week ago tomorrow, uh, I ended the instance after a 16 epic run, 16 year epic run. And uh, crazy. it is crazy. Uh, I was doing all kinds of weird comparisons about what that year was like. The number one, uh, the one, number one rated film in the in the country was. Uh, uh, the Departed, Scorsese's The, the, the Departed yeah. was that year. Um, that may not seem that crazy. It still feels like a modern film or whatever. But then you start getting nuts. We're a year and something away from iPhones. So touchscreen phones oh. weren't even a thing yet. Twitter didn't exist. Oh. No Twitter. No Twitter at all. Uh, f- oh, uh, YouTube How only... How you promote the show? I know, right? <laughs> How did any of this happen? Uh, YouTube, it only existed for like eight months wasn't even a full year yet and Google hadn't bought them yet which what's crazy about that is Google did buy them in 06 but before they were even a year old they bought YouTube for 1.2 billion or whatever it was um what else didn't exist then I had a whole list of things oh Nick was 5 he's now 21 that's the one that's crazy yeah. speaking to that old bumper that you used to play for Town Crier yeah your little boy is closer to that than well, of course, he's closer to that than I am from when Nick was that. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's stupid. closer to five than he yeah. is. <laughs> than Nick is from five. <laughs> but but it but it does give some context about how long yeah. that thing was running. Anyway, I didn't mean this to be more information about the instance, but I really really like talking to both Garrett and Jocelyn, and uh, they are the they're the two hosts that were on at the end. And I am always trying to think, well, what? make sure I can keep talking to these guys. So Jocelyn and I said, you know what? Let's sit down and talk about your favorite game of all time, which is. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and now she's playing Forbidden West, the sequel, the follow-up, which I am also playing, and she's loving it, and we talked about what they're doing right. Is this on par with what she loved about the first one? Will it exceed it and become her favorite video game of all time? All that kind of fun stuff. We sat down. We had this chat. I'm going to put it now in the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be back on the other side. I am sitting here with Jocelyn. You may know her as one of the co-hosts of The Gamer's In, a fantastic podcast you should check out if you haven't already. Uh, No stranger to the Frog Pants Network and um, my former co-host on The Instance, which just recently ended. She is here with me today to talk all about Forbidden West because we want to know more about Forbidden West. Um, I feel like the game got shadowed a little bit by Elden Ring. Again. Again. Again, a big massive open world Not game. Not again by Elden Ring, no. but again by a, a massive game. Yeah, yeah a, a massive so game. Ironically, a game that is getting compared a lot to Breath of the Wild in its structure. I, that just seems like such a double whammy um, against, you know, Aloy and her needs. And it, bu- it kind of bugs me, to be honest. I, I think Elden Ring's probably amazing. I haven't played it yet. I'm very excited that so many people love it and, you know, that it's making the rounds and everything and its reviews are so high. But boy, talk about you know putting a big blocker right up in front of the release of the game I was looking forward to most this year, which is Forbidden West. And um, Jocelyn loves this game. She's uh, she's on record as having called the first game her favorite game of all time. And uh, we broke that down a little bit on our final ep- instance episode. But I guess briefly before we get into some of the questions I have about the second game, um, what is it about the first game that really landed for you, and and why do you call it your f- favorite game of all time. I think it has a lot to do with, I mean, the combat is great and I know that mechanics are are really important to a lot of gamers and rightfully so. But for me, um, as much as the mechanics were a lot of fun, I really enjoyed their world building. I thought it did a great job of giving 
us a touchstone to like the current times and like issues we're kind of facing that led into this fictional apocalypse. And then, you know, obviously a thousand years later, we meet up with our main character of Aloy. But I think that like, because normally I'm not a big science fiction fan Mm -hmm. and this is pretty sci-fi. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah, more and more it, than I think it even was sold as. I feel like when we saw previews yeah. of that game, you were like, well, no, wait a minute. Is this like a, you know, I get that these are robot dinosaurs or whatever you're fighting, but, uh, you know, it looks like they're deep. It's more of a fantasy take. It looks like there's maybe mm-hmm. some magic at play. But then when you finally played it, you were like, oh, this is very, this you know. This is very tech. Yeah. This is very sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. And, and so normally I don't get into those kind of stories regardless of the media. And I think that it had a lot to do with that touchstone to kind of our current age mm-hmm. because it, it grounded it in a way for me that made the story believable. And I wanted to know so much more about that period between kind of like now and 2022 mm-hmm. and when this fictional apocalypse happens in 2060 and kind of like how the world got there, what happened, what choices were made, like who those characters were. And you're kind of learning alongside Aloy. And then you have that whole other layer, which is what does the world look like now? Like the, and Aloy's exploring it from this really interesting isolated position. So she kind of starts with the same perspective that you do as the player. And it just it it's like the world grew around you at the same time as it grew around Aloy. Like it was just, it was such an interesting way to tell a story. And I really enjoyed it in a way. Previously, I never would have thought I I would have with a sci-fi story. Like it's just not normally my jam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, so, so is that your, your, your leanings are typically you'll like, you'll like a fantasy story over something in science fiction, but I don't know. Do you still feel like my, my, my biggest thing about the first game and even this one moving forward um, as much of it as I've played, and you're much deeper than I am, but um, there's still one of the things that fascinates me is people in the wake of this fictional apocalypse, they all end up doing, you know, they all end up leaning on mystical crutches again. You know, they all go back to like, well, there's some great power in the sky or it's the sun or it's the, you know, we're, we're all, uh, you know, the, the old or the, the people that were here before they were the, you know, the basically gods of a sort. And- oh yeah, they do. They revere them as gods. I mean, once you get into the Tanakh territory, they very much start talking about like, oh, walk with the 10, like fly with the 10, that kind of stuff. And the mm-hmm. 10 is literally just like a military detachment from like 2060. <laughs> yeah. See, that's fascinating to me. I love that kind of world building stuff because it explores without shoving it in your face it explores why people um in times especially of times of hardship or unexplainable phenomena why they kind of lean on the mysterious and you mm-hmm. know when when they start to make up uh, uh gods or why we had the storm well it must be whatever giant creature is mad at us that's why we had the storm and mm-hmm. you know this sort of thing and i i feel like the game really deftly talks about those things without you know without overtly saying you know, religion is the source of all religion is always bad or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that people are in a modern way or crazy or whatever. In a way, it's like the way Star Trek would deal with real issues, but do it with a sci-fi skin on it so that nobody was really offended. We were just sort of forced to think about it 
I like mm. that about the games a lot. There's so, a lot yeah. of thinking in Forbidden West, I find. And I like that they've taken the direction of doing a lot of kind of um, cinematic talking moments. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of talking in this game, but I think it really serves the story and, and makes you kind of pause. And it's like, you're not just going like robot dinosaur pack to robot dinosaur pack. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there's a real world building that they've done here. Mm-hmm. And it, it lets, it gives the kind of game some space to breathe and you can kind of again like i said learn with aloy but like really take the time to think and understand with aloy (laughs) maybe is better (laughs) yeah yeah no that's a great way of putting it i mentioned to you before and and it may have been on that last episode we did but i mentioned the one of the things i like most about her arc now is that she's in in this position where she's accepted her fate or her destiny or whatever you want to call it uh as being you know the pivotal the pivotal person and time and place for saving the world and mm-hmm. a lot of video games have a character who's saving the world that's maybe the most prominent way a character is portrayed in video games as someone who's saving the world in some form but there's mm-hmm. something special about her acknowledgement and ownership of that knowledge i think it's a lot to do with the fact that she's not just an, any other person like she has i think what we're kind of all looking for which is she knows exactly what her purpose in life was and why she was created. Like she's literally, she was created to do exactly what she's doing, which is save the world. She was created by an AI. Mm -hmm. Like none of us have that. (laughs) She has like all the information about her purpose and why she was created. And that's huge, (laughs) I think. Yeah, no, it is. And and certainly in her world, she's the only one. And I, um, they make it very clear in the early goings of Forbidden West that she's got a bunch of knowledge that nobody else has. So I forget his name. Her friend shows up. Um, cool hair. Yeah, that guy. See, you're going to know all the names because you're super into this. Um, he shows up and he's kind of still very mystified by things and still sees it as as this sort of, I don't know, holy oracle of, of information. And she's like, uh, servers and server farms. And, you know, she's kind of, she talks like we are like she, databases. And, yeah. Yeah. Like she understands it in a way that, that she may still, you know, there's still inklings of this is mysterious to her or whatever, but ultimately she's become a systems administrator in this in this world and <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. and well she's had she makes reference to at some point how uh, because what you kind of start to do after you establish a base is you you kind of start pulling together all of your friends and giving them focuses so there's a lot of this where your friends are trying to kind of catch up to where you are to help you And like one of the things that that they say is like, I don't understand how you like, it's just comes so easily to you. And she's like, well, I've also been learning since I was a child and found my focus at like six. Mm. So like I've had 10 plus years with this equipment and and this has been my world. So don't worry, you'll catch up kind of thing. Sure, sure. (laughs) Are you far enough into the game where you do you have a better idea of how you think things are going to Uh, end up? Well, I mean, I think that's the other reason that I really enjoy these games, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, is because they've managed to somehow do the same thing that they did in the first game where, you know, you feel like you know what the game is going to be, but then all of a sudden it opens up to something different. And they've managed to still do that, even though you have so much information now as a player. So I don't even know, like I'm over 40 hours in, I'm like level 35. I've spent a ton of time playing. I've done all kinds of side quests. 
I'm still not 100% sure how this is going to end and mm. if they're going to be able to do like a, another sequel, like a, a third and make it a trilogy. Like, I don't know what the plans are mm -hmm. because every time I finish like a main story quest or like go to a new area, this game keeps surprising me in really cool and interesting ways. So, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I know kind of how things might go, mm -hmm. but I really don't actually know <laughs> which is very exciting for me because i'm usually really analytical when i play games and there aren't very many games that are like mysterious or, or you know anything like that that actually stump me and surprise me at the end like usually i can figure things out really quickly if horizons managed to do that is pretty crazy yeah i agree if you if you're you know you get good at seeing something coming in a plot twist on tv or something mm -hmm. at some point it that that does bleed pretty well into video games and video games for all their good and all the advancements we made in story and narrative they're still pretty predictable mediums uh mm -hmm. generally speaking but i'll admit i didn't know where things were heading ultimately uh or where they would end up in the first game and i certainly don't in this game but i do this a, game throws a pretty big curveball at you. Mm. And uh, I mean, you get almost like the first part of the curveball when you first set up your base. But then after I think you successfully get your first uh, sub routine, mm -hmm. then I think they kind of like flesh it out a little bit more. And you're just like, whoa, wait, what? Oh, wow. OK, so I got I got stuff ahead of me. So I'm still I'm basically I know, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard not to just like <laughs> split out because like there were just some moments that I was like, wait what oh that's so good <laughs> to I hear though hate to take that away from somebody but sure. uh, I, at the same time like i want everyone to catch up to me so i can freaking talk about it i know right that's the worst <laughs> i i do that's really great to hear though because um i love when a game can throw me and make me realize that i was my brain was heading a, a direction that wasn't actually was you know what was going on or whatever um and this game seems to you know be pretty good at it what i really respect about it though is its ability to pivot from end of first game to early next game without it feeling like another, I don't know, like Metroid does this. Metroid makes you really weak at first and then you build up until you're something awesome. And then a sequel comes along and there's some story point where all your cool stuff gets taken away and you got to go find it all again and build it back up again. And that's true of most games. They have a, a mechanic where they kind of tear you down again and kind of start you over in a weird way, even if the story doesn't make it feel that way. This mm -hmm. doesn't feel that way. This feels like she never skipped a beat. She stepped right off the first game and said, all right, let's go. I know what I'm doing. And here we are. And she was already strong. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like all the new. And you still had all your tools, right? right? Like right. They, they gave you the new tool, that like um, grappling hook thing. Mm -hmm. They gave you that right out the get go in the tutorial of Forbidden West. But then yep. everything else, like your trip caster and your, I can't hear the little sling thing and all your bows and your spear. Like you still had all that. You didn't have to like relearn how to do those skills or anything else. They're just like, here's all the tools you had in Zero Dawn mm -hmm. plus a new one. Yeah. Go have fun. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, for those who have played before, great. You've got to do this first part, which is a little bit of story. It's a little linear, but it's important because it's a transition point for the story. But hey, if you never played the first game, this this part of the stretch of the story is also going to reteach you everything that everybody else who played the first game already knows about basic mechanics. And that mm -hmm. I, I think that is definitely done and very hard to do. Most games, I think, kind of fail at this. They usually just regurgitate what you did the first time. And you're just sort of used to <laughs> they it. They did like, have that like one minute long, like this is everything that happened in the first game. And I was like, wow, 
Thanks oh yeah, that was weird. Also? Yeah, that was odd, right? Like a last time on Forbidden yeah. you know, or Aloy's <laughs> journey, and it was like a really weird, almost TV like flashback. And it was also made a little stranger by the fact that you and I are both playing on PS5. Mm-hmm. It was clear that the footage from the old game. It was clear that that was the PS4 game. And if this was your first impression of the game, you would go, "Oh, this looks just like the old game." Well, yeah, they're. It is the old game that they're showing us in these flashbacks. And then, you know, the game obviously opens up and it's beautiful and it's a, a huge improvement. But mm-hmm. but that initial sequence kind of threw me for a second. I was like, oh, yeah. OK, is that what we're going to do? Weird, weird, weird. But I like I like Lance. Uh, what's his name? Does the voice of uh, silence. Yeah. Si- yeah, he's great. I freaking love. Yeah. That from Lance Fringe Riddick. and, and yeah. lots of actually lots of stuff now. I feel like he's all over the place now, he, which good. Well earned. Yeah. I put love him, him. put him so on everything. Great. Yeah. He was great on the wire. He's great on everything. Just make that guy on everything. And that's that's a good move. So you're far enough into the game now where um, it's it's probably reasonable to start talking about. I guess there's some sort of end game ideas in the game. Have you gotten any of that sort of stuff? There's like a, ah, I should have had this prepared. It was like a, there's like a not, not raid system. It's like a, oh shoot. I'm going to find this and it's going to bug me that I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. But there is something waiting for you on the other end of this that lets you continue to play the game even when your story's over. And I don't mean just finishing up old quests and polishing off, you know, side stuff in different towns and everything, but there's something else there. You're probably not there though. Cause you're still in the thick of it. I, yeah. I've really, really been taking my time because this is the only playthrough, like the only first initial playthrough of forbidden West I'm ever going to have. Right. Mm, like, yeah. so I, I very much been taking my time. I've been doing a lot of side quests. I've been giving myself quests because updating or upgrading your weapons is something that you have to do in this game. They they've added a workbench. And so you have to get very specific machine parts in order to upgrade your weapons. Mm -hmm. So I've actually been like setting quests for myself to go and get those machine parts so that I can make my character stronger. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of a like an optional thing. Mm -hmm. You can just buy base weapons and move your way through the game and you'll be fine. But I just like, I'm trying to absorb the entire experience. So I put off my main quest for a really long time. And I mean, I'm kind of happy that I did that. But at the same time, now that I've seen what the content is of those main quests, I'm just like, damn, I kind of wish I got into this sooner because it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a hard time ignoring side quests. I, I usually will focus on main story. I did this in the first game and there weren't, you know, the side quests weren't spectacular in the first game. They were OK. Yeah, the side quests were OK, but I think they've really improved them. That's one of the biggest areas of improvement, I think, mm-hmm. from the like first game into the second game is mm-hmm. that you care quite a lot about the side characters and they do a really good job of writing the story in a way that it feels like you want to help those side characters as opposed to just like, oh no, my chickens ran away. Can you help me catch my chickens? <laughs> like, no, I can't. I'm saving the world. Leave me alone. Wow, <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. They, they make you care a whole lot more. And they've also added like almost like loyalty quests, which Mm -hmm. I can't remember if that was like part of the main story in the first game or not. I know you often went off with like one specific character and like did the thing they wanted to do. In this game, they actually are like full on story side quests. Like you have a friend in your base and she really cares about restoring the ability for her people to farm. And you kind of like 
take that journey with her and help solve her problem. And then there's another guy who lost an arm at the embassy, which was where the Karja were meeting with the Tanakh. Then then the rebel attacked and he lost his arm. And so you try to find a, like the tech to build them a new arm. Like they're so meaningful and they're so interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, yeah. I love that character so much and I would make him a hundred arms if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I, I even like the dumb early side quest to go find the guy's grill so he could make better food for you. Um, <laughs> it was great. It was a silly moment that had a ton of extra animation and voice acting and, vo- mm-hmm. and mocap and a very, an actually interesting about quest. the quality of the food yeah. so much. Yeah, and you made a friend there and I, I like yeah. that you were encouraging him and there was like a, I don't know, there's this stuff, Not the first game I have very little negative to say about the first game, but the first game didn't go that far with the side stuff, not even close to this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a huge step forward. Um, the thing I was thinking about earlier uh, that you can still do after the game sort of ends. I guess this hunting ground stuff. Okay, uh, yeah, hunting grounds it- were were in the first game as well. Um, I completed all of the hunting grounds before I completed my main quest in the first game, and I'm kind of planning on doing the same thing again. Oh, uh, gotcha. Uh, okay. Just because they they do give you quite a power boost, um, and there's also melee pits in this game which weren't in the last one, mm. and they're kind of an extension. Of the hunting grounds. So hunting grounds is often like trap and ranged based. Right. Uh, whereas the melee pit very much focuses on like you and your combat movement and your like spear based melee abilities. Gotcha. So gotcha. Um, they're kind of like two branches of the same sort of system. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily call it end game. Um, but they're definitely like extra stuff to do. Bonus <laughs> things, they're, yeah. They're basically, it's like challenge mode. Sure, kind sure. Of. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess some of the best items you're going to get are or possibly in result of you doing well in, in hunting grounds and getting the yeah, best score so in arena stages. Yeah, I think stages. you get like medallions that you can uh, trade in at once you reach the like main Tanakh city and, mm-hmm. and play through some story stuff. Then there it opens up an arena and you can do challenges in the arena or in the hunting grounds and melee pits. And then you bring your medallions to her and it's basically the best armor in the game. Uh, makes or sense. the best like armor and weapons. In sure, the game. sure. Now are you doing are you going after rebel camps and black boxes and all that stuff early? Oh, all of it. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Okay. So you're so you're gonna you're gonna hundred percent this game. You, I, I oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Actually, uh Zero Dawn is the first platinum trophy I ever got. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't know that yeah. I've ever I did I certainly didn't hundred uh, percent the first game, and the only game I can think of in recent memory that I really truly hundred percent it was Matt, the Mad Max open game for lots of reasons because I love Mad Max. But <laughs> I also, for all the reasons we know. Yeah, and I love that game. But um, this is uh, this is one I think I'm going to try to do it. Um, especially, it's it's weird. I know this is kind of dumb because it's only 10 bucks more. But because this was an expensive premium game uh, in a new generation, I feel compelled to clean it out. I don't know why. I'm just like, well, I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to go find every damn thing in this world and collect every collectible and not miss a thing and... So that's my plan. But I like you, I'm not taking, I'm not rushing. You're way ahead of me, but tell me about that real quick. Why, why the desire not to to rush? You just don't want to end too soon, I guess. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I had to wait five years for a sequel. Who knows if there's even going to be a third game. And if there is a third game, it's probably going to take another five years. I just, I don't want to rush it. I want to, to enjoy it and kind of savor the experience because this is like, at this point, I feel like by far my favorite franchise. Like I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed exploring the world. Like I said, there's kind of surprises around every corner and that's not even just um, story-wise. It just seems like 
with all the new stuff that they've added, there's lots of discovery to be had in this game. And I mean, the environments are so interesting, even more so than the first game. Like there's some desert environment. And I kind of thought that was going to be the whole entire game was this like blighted desert of blah. And I wasn't really excited about that. But like I still haven't kind of exposed. uh, I think I'm probably revealed about 60% of the map, I want to say. Oh, geez. That so many, like, 40 hours in, 60%. Yeah, that's a, it's that's so yeah. big. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. But yeah. the environments that you go through, I mean, there's like, there's underwater stuff you have to do, which is gorgeous. There's like um, jungle. There's, uh, they do like the Pacific Northwest with like the big, huge, like redwoods and the like kind of mossy, ferny undergrowth that's all foggy. Oh, like, just, that's cool. The environments and the visuals in this game are so exciting. I just want to spend a lot of time in this world. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, they've tacked a lot of uh, like Oasis style stuff to things like, um, oh, I don't know, things that would normally be pure desert have have growth that it didn't used to have. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of like this concept that he, the human impact has been diminished so hard in that thousand years. And, you know, the planet takes its own direction and does its own thing anyway and has its own cycles well its own automated direction yeah. right yeah exactly the thing is that it was terraformed <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah good point good point but that but the idea that it sort of has moved on and and we're no longer wrecking parts of it but it still shows mm. the scars that we've left you know i don't know there's a, there's just a lot to like about that stuff lore wise and it, it really speaks to me as well well, I think that probably about covers it. Um, there, I know there are people, you know, we have people who listen to, to Core and certainly John and Bo are in this position. They'd love to be playing this game, but can't because they can't get a hold of a PS5 anywhere and they don't want to play yeah. it on PS4. Um, and I think I understand. I mean, like I would feel the same way. If you got a, if it's for a new console and all you can do is play it on the old one, they just feel something backwards about that. And I don't like it. Uh, you know, yeah, I honestly I started looking for a PS5 back in July of last year because I knew it was going to be a problem. And I got it just before Christmas. Like it took a really long time. And I was part of like I followed a bunch of people on Twitter. I like set up notifications there. I had I was in a whole bunch of different like Canadian discord groups for like hard to find tech. And I had notifications there like it was selling out so quickly in so many places. The only reason I was able to do it is because in the end, I got it through Costco and it required a membership to purchase. So it slowed people down and stopped the bots. <laughs> like, I, and I literally called my mom. I'm like, mom, don't ask me any questions. Stop talking. I need your Costco number right now. <laughs> don't even ask me why I'm calling. <laughs> yeah, I will call you back in 10 minutes when it's done. I just need uh, your number. Shut up. That's amazing. <laughs> So wait, do they ended up being a bundle or what? What'd you have to get? Uh, yeah, so I ended up getting a bundle. I spent more than a PlayStation Five should properly yeah, cost, yeah. but we don't need to talk about that. No, yet. no, these are the, yeah, what water under the bridge. Nobody needs to talk yeah, about exactly. those costs. <laughs> exactly, it got me Horizon Zero Dawn on launch day. That's all that really matters. Uh, but yeah, it was it was two controllers and Ratchet and Clank. I think was the bundle I had to get, and I'm like, I don't even care. Like, yeah. I'll never play Ratchet and Clank. It's not important. I just need to have a PlayStation by February. Yep, and it was all to. So I understand was, the pain for sure. Oh, absolutely, and it was all to feed this eventual need of you know Aloy needs help, and damn it, there was a second game coming, and you had to be there for it. Uh, we feel for those who can't or won't play it at this stage, but um, if you want to hear this level of excitement about a game, you should listen to more stuff Joss does. Why don't you tell them about Gamers In and other stuff you got going on? 
Yeah, so uh, we've been doing Gamers In for quite a while now. It's kind of my general gaming video game take podcast, very akin to core. Uh, so you guys can go and check that out, gamersinpodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch and Twitter. I'm at Joss Plays, J-O-C-E Plays. I do Twitch streams every Friday night, so uh, come and hang out. I'm guessing right now that stream is a whole lot of Forbidden West. So if you want to be forbidden in the West, watch Jocelyn do it. I don't know what that means. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me, Jocelyn. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. And we're back. Thanks, Jocelyn, for taking that time and hanging out with us. Sorry, chat room, you don't get to hear it live. It's a little yeah, long. Thanks, Jocelyn. Yeah, thanks, Joss. She's awesome. She did a really. It was, uh, she's always great to talk to. She's when she gets passionate about a game. There's nobody more fun to talk to about that game because she really yeah. like the love there is is like is is great cool. To talk to about video games. Yeah, I, she's great. We chat. We I, we chatted about Elden Ring yesterday. Oh, that's right. You're on, on Gamers Inn or something, Inn. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that awesome. Fun. I saw that post and I went, wait a minute. You're not her. It sounded like you had taken what's his name's place. Um, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan sorry, Ryan Murphy. Murphy. Dog. Yeah, Murph Dog. But you hadn't. It was just you being interviewed, which is pretty I rad was, also. I uh, was filling in, keeping yeah. the seat warm. Gamers Inn is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I usually, I used to go on there once a year to do BlizzCon coverage while you guys were there. In the years I didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, and then Ryan and Crofton got together and they do the Dungeons and Diapers together. Oh, I didn't know I that. Think that's a podcast. It might be a a recreational activity, I'm not sure. <laughs> might be a sexual <laughs> a sexual reference for them between yeah, them. One of know. those two things. Okay. Fair enough. Uh all right, there you go. Now this. The games we played this week. Get ready for yeah. some some discussion. Um, I will rip through my other extras because the main meat of the meal here will be us talking about Elden Ring. Uh, first of all, I started playing on my own time, just kind of in bed, getting ready for bed, kind of quiet time, uh, playing it on my new Ambernick device, this thing right here. Ambernick. I am playing Fire Emblem uh, 1, I guess, although in Japan it was some sequel to, you know how those stuff worked back then with Final yeah. Fantasy and everything else, but the GBA version of Fire Emblem, uh, I just decided to check it out because I really, really liked both the DS and the 3DS games. I had those. Um and liked them quite a bit back in the day. And I just thought, well, let's let's look back and see where all this all started. And I've been playing, you know, a lot of uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2. And there's some similar DNA there, um, except, you know, fantasy. And there's deeper systems and stuff in this. Anyway, fired that up. And I'll tell you what, Fire Emblem holds the hell up. It's great. Um, I love it. I'm so yeah. glad you're playing it because I love that series. It's very good. And, I, you know, I realize most people think the game, uh, the series peaked with that 3ds version what was that called awakening awakening um and i would probably i suppose i'll agree i need to refamiliarize myself with it but i'm so into these old retro freaking pixel games at the moment that um this just feels really good like it's just tight and and quick and the the turn-based tactic stuff is very well done the story's ridiculous which i i kind of appreciate um in those games it's very anime but whatever it's fine um, there's a girl in there as a character who's just always embarrassed to be around men. I don't understand why that's a problem, except maybe. no, there's always some weird tropes like that. You've always got your, your 
characters that are awkward or that have weird obsessions like awakening had a thief that was like really into sweets like he always was like wanting lollipops and candy and yeah like they they have weird they're like there's weird oddities in the personalities of it but then all of a sudden it gets back on the story stuff and it's like very serious wartime Mm -hmm. like units die forever a lot of times in some of these but you know, then you do get some weird anime tropes in the characters. My favorite part probably is that my name is Chode. Uh-huh. Um, I was, and I'm really <laughs> glad I, I'm glad I chose that name because there've been a, a bunch of awesome moments like this time where the girls, and I'll put it up on the screen. Uh, look at what, like, look at this line where she just says, that's the last of them. Fantastic work, Chode. So it always, <laughs> it always feels like she's yelling at me kind of like she's mad. And she's uh, calling you a chode, but she's she like, loves Great me. work, you chode. Yeah, you know? she's calling me a chode, and I love the word chode. Anyway, I loved it. I loved that these old video games didn't have, um, they didn't care what you named your characters. So I've got you know characters named Shitbag yeah. and Turd Monkey, and you know they don't care nowadays. They'd say, yeah. "Oh, I'm sorry, you can't use that language in here." But back then, they didn't. They didn't give a shit. Anyway, the game is great, and I the more I play old GBA games, the more I feel like that was a fantastic era. Just great stuff on that device, and uh, I'm playing that at night. So there's that's what's going on with that. Um, All right, well, enjoy yourself, Chode. I will, Ch- uh, Chode. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see more Forbidden West. We've talked that to death. I'm not far enough to say much more other than it's very good, and, and Forbidden West should be played by everybody. It's very good. Uh, the Kirby and the Forgotten Land demo came out today, where you can become Carby and all that. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, Are you still as hyped as you were before? You're you're stoked. Here's what I did. I downloaded the demo. I played 10 12 minutes of the demo and went, I'm going to play the shit out of this. And I turned it off and oh. uninstalled it because I don't want to see the rest. I want to play it fresh for the whole game. When it comes out on the twenty fifth, good sign. That's a good. It's sign. a very good like, sign. It's great. Yeah, I don't even need to play the demo. You, you've got me. It's sold. Yep. You get a pre order. Uh, no, because pre ordering's dumb. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm gonna, I'm not letting yeah. Nintendo hold my money any longer than I have to. But but I am gonna get it without a question. I was I was kind of holding off because I just didn't know maybe for reviews or whatever. But the gameplay feels great. It looks great. I love Kirby anyway. I've been doing Kirby art in anticipation for this stupid thing. Like, I feel like such a weird adult man looking I forward like to Kirby. I like gelatinous curb. Yeah, gelatinous curb was a lot of fun to make. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm that that is now going to be a must buy uh, for me. And Nintendo gets money for me this year, so good job, Nintendo. Nice job. Yeah, great job. Yeah, uh, and that's out today, so you can play it. I just didn't want to see it all, so that's why I deleted it. It's not because I didn't like it. And real it's quick, I want. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it's pretty much a 3D adventure level game right like yeah what i what yeah, yeah yeah like the, what it looks like you know, in the past they've all been 2d or side scrolly even when they were 3d they were never you know uh mario style 3d the way mario went 2.5d they yeah. call it sometimes yeah but this one is full 3d environments 3d action camera movement all that and uh clearly owes some you know credit to the to the mario series for doing that as well but He's still Kirby in all the ways that Kirby needs to be him. He's sucking stuff in, taking their powers, shooting rocks out that he sucked in and blew out. Um, but then beyond that, like you become that car pretty quick in this demo. And well, yeah, you uh, want people to experience Kirby. Yeah, and I wasn't sure that was going to be good. Kirby's 
freaking great. It's great. It's an amazing transformation that is really fun to play and you feel invincible for a while, but then there are places you can't go as Carby, so you got to get out of that mode. The nice thing is you don't destroy or just shit out the car. The car stays in, in case you need it again or something. Um, it seems like there's going to be a lot of player freedom in this and still sort of stay true to what makes Kirby great. I will say this. It is very freaky to do the air suction thing that he does. Normally you see that in a 2D plane, even in Smash Brothers. It's just him on the side going, and everything, you know, coming into his mouth. <laughs> he uh, he does that now still, but now you can rotate him. And it's, it's great because he's just hmm. going, you just like turn him around in a circle and he's just <laughs> sucking in everything. It's amazing. So um, play. Yeah, it's Kirby. hard to get away from the innuendo in this game when talking about it. Yeah, no, Kirby, mouthful mode, like all this stuff. What are you supposed to do? Anyway, Kirby and the Forgotten Land demo, available now, and that game comes out on they, the 25th. Do you think they're aware of it? Sorry, I know you want to move on, but... The, they're aware? Oh, I think people, they, Yeah, like, do, do you think, you, if you're a developer working on Kirby, are you making these kinds of jokes all the time? Or are you like, this is a serious game, and I wish people would stop <laughs> making jokes like that? Like, what, what is it like there, I wonder? I would, I would like to be a fly on the wall and just see like some American come into the the, the development team and be like, yeah, it's, suck it, eh? That's what she said. They're like, get out. Yeah, get out. <laughs> get, get, get out, out of the hell out of Kirby, Kirby office. Kirby. Yeah, get this out of the Kirby, Kirby head office. You, you be respectful. The Kirby like, wing oh. of Nintendo proper. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's It's interesting. But also, you know, I'm sure somebody at Nintendo smirks and laughs. And, and Japan, dude, I mean, this is where this is being made, I think. I think it's a Japan developer. They've got, you can go to the newsstand and, and in your fancy suit working at Nissan and you can say, yeah, I'll take three copies of Rape Man and if, uh, could I also have uh, Tentacle uh, tentacle Butthole 2? Thanks. And then you get on the bus and just stand there reading your, your Tentacle Butthole yeah, comic. They must not find it funny. They're just like, it's sucking. It, you know, you, you can... <laughs> You suck things like they just probably just don't, they're not laughing. They're not thinking dirty thoughts and trying to be like repressing other people. They're just like, yeah. it's like eating yogurt. It is like eating yogurt. Everyone's just yeah. like you eat yogurt. You don't really laugh about it. You don't really think uh, taboo thoughts about eating yogurt. You just eat yogurt. And that's maybe how they think of it. But like every time you hear Kirby sucking something, I'm like, oh, what's Kirby sucking on now? <laughs> you know, like, like that's, <laughs> you know. I can't get away from it. So maybe Japanese are not like that at all. You know, we have maybe some people who could write in and help educate us on this. Yeah, I'd no, really like yeah. to know what it's like at Kirby head office, like I Kirby agree. HQ, you know? I agree. Uh, talk to the core at gmail.com if any of you have any insider Please. information on how dirty the, the minds are of the Kirby folks over there. That'd be I great. mean, you can't help it with Kirby. One of the first, like, and I don't have it anymore. I wish I did. But one of the first like little I got into this weird kick of just drawing like comics on lined paper mm -hmm. based around Nintendo characters. Yeah. And I just did one that was a picture of like a public men's room <laughs> and Kirby going walking into it. Yeah. And then just another frame of just the men's room and then Kirby walking out and he was in the shape of a penis. <laughs> that's all that's all it was. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny. And uh Wow. You know, sometimes that's no. just, you yeah. can't help it when you think about Kirby. You're like, he, he puts things in his mouth and he turns into their shape and gains their power. Yeah. What can uh, you do? What else can you do? What are you supposed to do? Exactly right. Uh, I have this, by the way. Let me play this for you. The morning stream. It's what's in the yogurt. That's one of our favorite intros. 
That's a fun one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, but this might be the... Hold on. The morning... No, that's him again. Hold on. The morning... It's what's in the yogurt. Oh, he, he had other t- takes, but it was it was based on some weird commercial I played once. Anyway, yogurt. Moving on. What are we doing? Oh, uh, all right. So I've talked about all that. I do want to make one quick uh, indie recommendation that's actually been out for a couple of years, and I just didn't know about it. And I should have known about it because I had a code, and no, I just didn't never installed it, just didn't think of anything of it. Now I'm annoyed. Uh, but in the re- but because I played it on PC where where I had the free code and saw that it was only eleven bucks, I got it on Xbox and Switch just because that's how much I like it. So I bought twenty bucks, twenty two bucks worth oh, of game damn. just to play it in other places because it's so fun. If you like Bomberman, but you want a kind of a fresh coat of paint and that takes it in different places, I want to recommend Bomb Slinger. Um. I mentioned this on Play Retro, but I'll mention it again. It's it's on every platform, so you can just get it wherever you want to get it. It's called Bomb Slinger. It's like eleven bucks, and what? it's like oh, it's on sale right now for three eighty nine in Canada. What? Are you I kidding? I can buy it right now for four dollars. Do you like Bomberman at all? I have fond memories of Bomberman. It's not one I play now, but yes, it's going to be good. like buy it. Just buy okay, it. I guess at all, yes. If there's like a fraction of liking, yes, I do like Bomberman. I should buy this. Bomb Slinger is so. Let me tell you. Let me sell you on it because at that price, that's just stupid. <laughs> oh, I'm watching the trailer. It's kind of awesome. It's great. It's all. It's like this mix of pl- of, uh, of of pixels and and 3D, but in a way that looks grimy and great. It's it's kind of I like the the aesthetic of it. Uh, really good sound work too, but the idea is there's a story. You're a cowboy uh, outlaw, and you're in a gang, and this is all told with very short little screens. It's not a big story, okay? But you're in this gang that robs banks, and you're the bomb expert in the group. And at some point, you leave the gang and find a lady to settle down with. And so there's a little scene where like the photo of the gang splits and now that's a photo of you and the girl and you, you start a a ranch together and you're in love and it's wonderful and you're having this life, but the rest of the gang, they come and they burn the place down and your wife dies in that fire. It sounds kind of dark, but it's really spaghetti Western-y kind of the the story. And um, anyway, you now need revenge on the gang. So each of those gang members end up being boss characters in the, in the overall game in the single player anyway. And the single player is fantastic. It's a roguelike, so they've done some modern roguelikiness to it. It's uh, procedurally generated, so it's never the same. Unlike most Bomberman games, they're all the same maps. Um, you're blowing it's bombs, and you're blowing up dudes and trying to uh, not get yourself blown up. Now just think about everything you do in Bomberman. You do it here, but you do it in this really interesting graphical way. The, the explosions sound really great and make a big mushroom cloud when they go off. You're killing farmers with pitchforks that are trying to kill you is the most basic enemy. And then there's harder ones later on. Then the boss fights are insane, just like they're supposed to be. And you get more bombs that you can lay down. You can get, you know, the, the flame thing that makes them go further. But once you're dead, you're dead. If you've beaten a boss, though, you bring back a trinket that you can then take into your next run that might give you an extra heart of life or it might give you an extra bomb to start with. So you start with two or mm. that, you know, think of roguelike stuff. It's like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a really fun single player, which I really like. The multiplayer is a riot. It's four people co or it's four people competitive uh, local. So it's not online, which is a bummer. But. Um, and this is why I got on the Xbox because me and my kids are going to play the living shit out of this. It's so much fun to blow each other up. And it's like what you think of when you think of, of Bomberman. 
I think it's a better version of Bomberman than the current Bomberman Online slash R, whatever it's called, is. And it's okay, but I think this is a better game and is more fun, more responsive, plays great with controllers. Total blast. So much fun. And it sounds like it's on sale. It's probably on sale in the States, too. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's three, three dollars. Three dollars Canadian. John, you have you have little kids around. You have people that could have fun. You and your wife. I'm telling you, for three bucks, yeah. it, it looked cool. I bought it, so I bought it while you're talking about it. It's yeah, mine. it's a no brainer. Uh, Loop Hero, by the way, also uh, on sale for like five dollars. Also a great deal. Oh my gosh, that's such a great deal on that other game. Deals on Steam right now. Divinity Original Sins down to twenty bucks. I'm actually uh, there's I'm about to buy for myself uh, the Steam World Complete Bundle, which is all the Steam World games for twenty four dollars. Because I don't, I've never owned a single one of them. So Steam World Dig and the soundtrack, Heist and the soundtrack and the DLC, uh, Steam World Dig Two, Steam World Quest, all of those. Yeah. For yeah. 25 bucks. You pretty, should. Pretty Quest cool. is amazing. Quest's like uh, 2D XCOM. It's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Have you never played Quest? John. Mm-mm, I've never played any of the SteamWorld games. SteamWorld 2. Well, they're all game, but they're all good. But SteamWorld Dig 2 <laughs> and Quest are two of my favorite. I love those games. Oh, every time. Oh, I'm so excited for you now. You know what I did? The same sale, I ended up finding. Um, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, the third uh, ba, ba, uh, what do you, uh, Borderlands geez Borderlands 3 which yeah. I never picked up didn't bother whatever heard the, heard the gameplay was great didn't didn't really I don't know whatever for whatever reason we talked about it on the show too I don't know why I didn't grab it when it came out but it was like 10 bucks I'm like yeah I'm getting that so I grabbed that yeah yeah. so anyway it's a good sale right good now sale. It's, it's I've good actually good. argued the sale right now Whatever this pop sale is is better than the than the two they had at the top of the year, both the Christmas sale and the New Year's uh, Chinese New Year thing they did. Those were not as good as sales as whatever this is right now. So, yeah, overcooked three dollars as well. Overcooked too. Yeah, like there's just like a games. lot of these indie like three dollars. Yeah, you know it's like it's pretty much free. Um, I'm just noticing this. This is and there's nothing special going on on Steam right now. It's just, no, there's just good yeah. deals. I don't know what's happening either, but three bucks for that game, pff, no brainer. It's a no brainer at ten. So I'm just saying, if you want to go like have multi controller, good time, fun with your friends, or a pretty good little roguelike, that game is great. So there you go, uh, Elden Ring. Let's talk about it. May as well do it let's now. Do it. So the three of us got it. You guys have been playing for a week. I got it yesterday and installed it this morning and played it this afternoon for about an hour. So nothing, nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not a lot. In fact, I'm still getting prompts for like, not tutorial prompts, but you know, like, oh, by the way, this is where you revive. Or by the way, if you die, you know, get your soul. Did you go in the tutorial hole? I downstairs. (laughs) See, this is the thing. The game doesn't tell you. And none of the, the notes just said butthole a lot. So Uh I just went, well, I could go up through here or I could go down there. And I don't know why I like things underground. I thought, well, I'm going to go underground. But I didn't really know that's what that meant, that I would be tutorialized. It's it's, it's a tutorial hole. Yeah. It's good that that you went down there Um, because if you don't go down there, you you missed the tutorial hole. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, you're saying if I don't take the tutorial hole. It's a good hole hole. to go into for a new player. I'm glad I did because like you guys know in the 
past, I've played a bunch of Souls likes. I never really get very far in them because I find them too punishing. I've talked about it on the show before. I know that, mm-hmm. the, and, I, and I'm 100% fine with what they are, but everybody's just like, no, Elden Ring's different. It's different. It's different. Uh, very nicely gifted to me by Tanner Goodman, an amazing uh, member of our community. And he was like, dude, you got to play this. I'm buying it for you. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I feel guilty, but do it. So I'm going to make him some nice art or something in exchange. But Anyway, um, so I got installed. I played very little of it, but I can already tell that I can tell I'm trying to separate it from the hype so that I'm getting this just from my own gut. My own first gut reaction is this is already more compelling to me than the others have been. And it's partly because I know when I get through with the tutorial hole that it's a big open world. And open worldness is my jam, and it makes me feel like I, have, like I have a little more room to breathe, and it's a little less like straight down the hall. And for me, that's already more interesting and worth exploring and doing doing what it takes to get better at the fights and understanding these these boss battles and blah blah blah. So I would yeah, I would say that's the um, that's the biggest selling point for anybody that says I don't traditionally like Dark Souls games that. You know, I I think that it's very easy to kind of fall on the side of, hey, it plays like Dark Souls. If you don't like Dark Souls, you're not going to like this. But I think where it's different is that in Dark Souls, if you come across a boss you can't beat, generally speaking, your choices will get good. Mm. You know, that you can go and you can power level yourself. You can go try and find new weapons. There are places where you can go to one place before another like there are exceptions for sure um it's not a hundred percent linear um the dark souls experience but it's more linear than elden ring and i think the ability to when you go oh i just feel like i'm banging my head against the wall trying to beat this boss or if you're doing a corpse run to get your runes back and you die on the way to getting them and now those runes are lost having it be an open world where you just go well i'll just go do something else I'll just go somewhere else. I'll go explore. I'll go check out this building that I saw that's over here. Or there was this tunnel that I couldn't get through. Maybe now I can get through it. Or I remember fighting this boss. Maybe they won't be that difficult now. I'll go back and give it a try. Yeah. Like it opens up that game in a really amazing way. Whereas before it was like, you know, rating and wow, where it's like, oh, we can't down this boss. I just want to log off and go home. Mm-hmm. Like, now you have something else you can do. You know, now you can say like, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna go figure something else out. And I've been to so many places that I'm clearly not supposed to be because I've gone like, oh, I can't get past this night that keeps killing me. Well, you know what? I'm going to go just ride and go just check something out. Or, yeah. you know, I ran into a trap that put me in a terrible situation. And now I'm going to try and actually figure out what it's like over here instead of, you know, just teleporting back and going, well, I'll just keep going. It's really open in that way. And it it really makes for a different experience. So if your issue has been difficulty or just the repetitiveness of dark souls that you don't like, I think this game circumvents that in a clever way. Now, if you can't stand the controls or you can't stand a game where you're going to die, you know, more often than not, I don't think this game is going to change your opinion on it, but it does have, and and like we told you, Scott, it has a more forgiving, usually there is a respawn right outside the boss room. Right. Usually. Usually. M- most of the time. Not always, but usually, yeah. 
but they're like I would say having in the castle, like you'll have these segments that you have to get through to earn your way to a a safe point. Yeah. So like there's there's still challenges, but I, I I didn't play the Souls game, so I can't compare it as well. But I would say I would say like the difficulty, like yes, it's difficult, but there's two main reasons it's difficult. Uh, one is there are no cancel animations when you're fighting. So a right. lot of games have, um, you know, you do your moves, but your dodge cancels everything and lets you dodge right away. Yeah. Stuff like that, like, oh, shit buttons. Like, you realize, oh, my ultimate maybe move, I, I'm stuck in the animation, but most of my other stuff are quick, cancelable. Everything in this game is like, you swung your sword when you should have parried? Well, enjoy getting an axe in your face, or, you know, a dragon's going to bite your head off because you picked the wrong move. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other one, the other difficulty, I think, is is just some of the monsters in the castle area. So the open world's good, but in the castle areas, there are segments you have to fight or figure your way out around, and there's no getting around it. Right. So, so I can see getting stuck and frustrated. But like John said, whenever that's happened to me, I'm like, I'm going to go out to the open world and look around a bit more and find something else to do, come back to it. Yeah, which is which is nice because I think my impression of the Souls game, which could be wrong, is that there isn't a lot to go do. It's just play the level or don't. And then I'm like, well, I don't feel like doing it. And then I find another game I like and spend a lot of time in that game. And you know, I'm not going to come back to Dark Souls. Yeah, because the foot is. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't always the problem with me. Isn't always like this is like an MMO kind of, and I don't mean the game is like, I don't think it's a direct comparison, but what I mean is an MMO where you would out level or you would under level and go to a place you're not supposed to be at. And you would experience some of that and go, Oh shit, I'm dying. I can't do this. Well, I'll go somewhere else and work on myself. This game employs some of those concepts and that already makes it more interesting to me. So you can, you can out, not out level content, but what I mean is you can go somewhere, get better doing things you can handle and then go back to the place where you really got hung up, and then suddenly, oh, I'm pretty good here. I have a spell I didn't have before. This weapon is really helping, whatever, whatever. That and just even just descriptive, if someone tells me that or on paper, that's better for me than the Souls experiences I've had before. Um, yeah, now, so. there's a lot of that. I mean, there's there were these giants that walked around that I just avoided because every time I got in a fight with them, they just, they crushed me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, you know, I went with a dexterity build, which is really stupid. I do it because I like rogues and I like stabby weapons and I like being quick and nimble, Mm -hmm. but it's not at all how I play the game. Like I, I definitely stat against type, like the way I want to play the game is I want to be a big brute that just takes the hit and then just slams you back. That's not what I decided to do. Uh, It was dumb, but whatever. (laughs) I got a rapier and I got a shield and I poke things with my little sword and it's, it doesn't do a lot of damage, but then you get into these, like where you hit like L2 and you do these uh, Ash moves that use your your FP mm-hmm. or your mana. Yeah. And all of a sudden I, I had one that I was just like, well, I got to equip something and I equipped it and I went and I got in a fight with one of those giants and just out of it was like a Hail Mary. I was like, I don't know. I'll use it. And I took off a quarter of its health. Oh, I was like, well, what am I doing? I can yeah. fight these things. I can fight these things easily. Yeah. 
And next, all of a sudden, it was like, here was this thing that I was running away from, and now I can actually go toe-to-toe with. And, you know, it's been kind of like that as I discover new weapons. You know, I got this Frost Axe that does this amazing, like, stagger damage um, that is a really great combo for opening up enemies and, you know, cool tricks that I can do with my shield. Like, originally, in order to use that blood attack on my rapier, I would have to switch to be holding it with both hands so I couldn't block and do it. And then I discovered if you put the no skill rune on your shield, you can still use your shield and you can use your special ability. And like little discoveries like that have really changed the way I play the character and really changed the way I play the game. And all of a sudden I'm getting in these fights. Like there are these really hard fights or traditionally very hard fights where you get kind of teleported into this this jail and you have to fight a special creature in like an arena. And I was terrified of these because the first one I did, I just got crushed. And earlier today, just before the show, I went, I was like, eh, you know what? I'll go in and try one. I didn't have full flasks. I didn't even have full health when I went into it and I won. It's like, yeah. oh, cause I've been leveling up and getting better and understanding the mechanics and, and understanding how to better play, you know, my role. And all of a sudden, instead of a world where I'm scared of everything, now it's a world where everything needs to be scared of me, mm. at least until something crushes. So you're not in there with yeah. them. They're in there with you is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Yeah. They can still wreck you if you're not paying attention. Cause that happens. You're like, Oh, these easy guys. And then you're just lazy. And then they, you're like, Oh shit, I got 10 hit points left. Ah! Yeah. Like I think it's still, it's still, it's, it made, I find it still maintains Dane. It can be dangerous if you get too comfortable with some of the mm-hmm. monsters, you know? Oh like, yeah. And then they'll change it up. Yeah. 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 So and the AI behavior is pretty good. Like, they, yeah, I find they change up. The other thing about the weapons too is this is this isn't a game that's like, here's your weapon. You know, you'll be tempted to just stick with a weapon. Like I've been playing with the katana pretty much twenty four seven because I think it's cool. Yeah. But realistically, under certain monsters, I'm like, I probably should do a different weapon. Mm. And you can equip up to three weapons and swap them out. So there's a sense of like if something has. Things behave. There's a logic. So if something has a lot of armor, you want to hit it with blunt, for example. Gotcha. Game's not going to tell you that, but if you hit it with blunt, you'll do a lot of damage instead of your dumb dinky sword. Like the weapons are also tools and the armor is also tools. So as you face the monsters in there, you're thinking, oh, what are the right tools for this job? Because some, you know, like sometimes my katana is like, oh man, katana is really good for dispatching like dinky enemies all over the place. But when I'm on a horse trying to reach real far, I, could, I have weapons that can reach way farther. I should switch to the dismounter and and take something out using that. So I like that aspect of the game because then you're kind of like a hunter where you're like, what's the best way to hunt this, you know, anus demon? <laughs> well, and, uh, that, let me ask I you this. Plunger. Do you, I need the plunger sword. Do you, do you feel like uh, you know, always use a plunger on an anus? I agree. Um, do, do you, uh, do <laughs> Gotta you get that prolapse dagger? Yeah, no kidding. Do you do you? Um, can you tell visually, like if you see a boss or even just a creature you haven't encountered before, is it visually possible to make that determination and say, well, I need a blunt weapon on this guy because it's all armor? No. So the game, like, it isn't like, you know, sometimes games give you symbols or you see colors. This game does none of that. What this game does is ask you to get hit over the head and die a couple of times figuring stuff out. Yeah. So you might logically look at something like, oh, a suit of armor. Let me use a blunt weapon. Just Mm -hmm. like that's, you know, it's hard to stab a guy in plate mail, right? Like that's mm-hmm. why they wear the plate mail. In real life, you'd have to find like a joint or something to slide the blade into. Otherwise it's, you know, you can't chop at a guy in plate mail, 
but you can hit them with a warhammer and <laughs> crinkle up that you know it's not going to do much which is why those weapons exist so that's obvious but when you're facing demons they don't wear plate mail but i think there's these um zombie guys that have crystals growing on them mm. that act as armor so blades are not good against them use a hammer Mm. And and I know I have to get back to them. It's just something I actually came across on the internet. Not you know, yeah. try not to look things up. But I, I found you know, I was like, oh, that's probably why my katana didn't do very well. I should use a different weapon. So getting stuck using a single weapon is like not the way to go. The way to go is to like you know sell your janky weapons maybe, but like understand that they're tools for different things. And and I think that's where you start and get invested in this game because you're like you're learning and then you're like, well, I have to put this knowledge to use. I can't I can't bring it to the office. You know, like I, I gotta keep playing this game <laughs> yeah. to get the benefit of all of my learnings. You know, like sure. there's a little bit of like um I don't want to say sunk fallacy costs, but you you get like you spend a lot of time learning it. So that I think that's why people like the I think that's why you hear a little bit of I like the game the way it is, don't ruin it because everything's easy if you figure out the easy you know hunting's easy if you know how to use a, a, a bow right but hunting's hard if you're like i don't know how to use a bow and you gotta you gotta practice so i think i think maybe that's what the souls games are going for i can't speak to it but that feels like what's happening for me right now is i'm just learning the systems slowly each day and then i want to play again because i have an idea or i want to try a new weapon like i got um i found some fist weapons Oh, so like cool. Some, some they're called Cestus. They're these punching gloves. And I'm like, oh man, screw weapons. I'm going to go punch up some stuff. And I already did a few practice runs in that village you're showing. There's this new village where you can go train. There's pretty much the easiest guys in the game go in there and my practice favorite my place to fight. Yeah, it's gate so front good. ruins, it's called. Yeah, you just go there and you just practice up your weapons. I always, you know, I always find myself there when I've got a new weapon trying out on the noobs in this uh, city. And um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, there's kind of this, uh, the weapons, it's not just like, what's the best weapons? It's like, yeah, they're all tools. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's unfortunate that they're locked behind stat requirements. So, like, you do, I'm, I go strength decks. So, so, there's some cool looking faith weapons, but I'm not a cleric. But I think that's where people are like, I want to do another run and play it as a faith character and yeah and all that so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. See how that goes what for What class did you pick, by the way? Okay, yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So, I picked what I thought looked the coolest. And I don't know if that was smart. I, I read all the stuff and like, I was like, well, what do I really want to do here? What are the, you know, what, who, who does what and why would I want to, but I ended up going with the samurai. Just got, the, he looks like a badass, and he, yeah, yeah. looks cool. Yeah. yeah. Samurai sword's awesome. And the move you get on the L2, you hold the sword back and they yeah. just go. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. That good. stuff's so good. Yeah. That stuff's really good. I guess I was a little worried at first cause I thought, well, maybe he seems there, there's a lot about this game. That's very, dark fantasy in a western style but there's also a lot of the game that is not and i was worried that i would seem weird in this world as a samurai but it works it totally works it's fine and he looks like a badass even in his base gear and so that's why i chose him um but i noticed the untarnished well they're all untarnished or tarnished or whatever they're called everybody's tarnished tarnished. You're, you're tarnished yeah uh you you went with the thing that it looked like the dumbest idea ever to me which is guy in a diaper basically well loincloth but yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's very narrow it's very narrow yeah. and he keeps all of his items in his butt crack that's where he goes when you go to get a potion he reaches into his butt crack and nice pulls it, pulls out, it out of his anus perfect so what is he called they're called the um uh, he's called the wretch, wretch. so yeah. so the way the class you're not you're picking a starting class but mm-hmm. you're all vanilla dudes like 
Like it's just a set of starting attributes and gear, right? Yeah. It's not this ma- like you, you're going to go through the game and you're going to get whatever weapons you get and do whatever you do with your level. It's just a starting point. Mm-hmm. So I went with the wretch because the wretch is the most universal start. Like you're not committed to any. Like if you look at the stat distributions, right? Like a samurai probably has high decks, right? So you've already pre-allocated some high decks. Yeah. For the wretch, everything's tens. So open world and no start the the sucky thing is no starting armor so i had to figure out how to get equipped I, like i had to sneak around i basically had to sneak around with a, with a, a club yeah and in a diaper <laughs> and it took me a long time to get a our armor i'm not gonna lie and that noob village i've been rocking the noob village armor i finally looted off one of those guys their armor and that's i've been using that to this day, so I'm I'm like I look like some somebody in chat room I was playing said I look it's the Spanish it's Spanish Inquisition samurai like that's pretty much what it is like I'm a Spanish Inquisition dude with a samurai sword wow and I love it wow and you know every now and then I'll take off my armor to please the fans they like seeing naked Gorath they made the character look like me so oh nice um yeah but wretch is like apparently the hard mode like someone said you've never played a Souls like and you're playing the hard mode like because I don't think it's hard long term I just yeah. think in the beginning having the class lets you kill some shit <laughs> and it was actually really hard to like earn the first few levels, especially as someone who didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't regretful, but I think it like made the game take an extra long time as I, I was like playing from, from a, a disadvantage. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I, I reason I liked it is it felt more roguelike or more like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I don't have a background. I'm, I'm just yeah. a guy with yeah. a club. Yeah. And, it's actually yeah. a very it's a very Nash Magard kind of way to do things attitude wise, like to start oh, out. Oh, and I gave him a red eye too, actually. Oh, you did? Nash Magard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one uh, of his uh, regular eyes, not a, not one a of his eye. eyes is okay. red. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's got a red eye. Then when we were in teenagers, we used to say a butthole was a red eye. That was a thing we brought. No, no. I mean, he's got one of those too, but okay. <laughs> it definitely is covered by a long cloth. That's where I keep my flasks of cestus. Yeah, that'll give you a red eye for sure. Um, you got to yeah. watch out. But no, I, I, I in concept, I, lo- I actually love it. But I, I just could not bring myself to play it first. I was just like, no way, I'm gonna die. Well, it, it like it, even when I picked it, I'm like, this looks like the hard mode. I picked it mainly just because I didn't want to. I felt like I was, you know, I'm like, I don't want to. Maybe I want to be a cleric. I don't know what I want to be, and mm-hmm. so I picked the wretch. You know, just, sure. I'm, I had a sense maybe it was at a disadvantage somewhat, but whatever. I mean, I think it's cool. You're, you're, you know, everything's a level 10. You don't ever feel like you're at a too big of a deficit if you want to adjust your build like crazy. Hmm. Um, and I thought it was a really cool way to, you know, watching you play because I watched um, a bit of the stream. Like, I thought it was a really cool way to begin, like looking for armor. Because for me, you know, the first bits of armor that drop, it's like, eh, whatever. I, yeah. I don't know. Because yeah. armor so, in this game isn't really like, it's not like Diablo. You're not right. going to get armor. There's not like a set of armor where it's like, oh, I got this set and it is therefore better. Yeah. Like armor in this just is better at different things. It has different pros and different cons. Yeah. And in theory, you either pick the armor that gives you the best baseline for what you want and you just deal with the obstacles or you keep all your armor, uh, which is fine because you can, you know, you there's no limit. You can just carry it. It's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Um, and then you pick the armor you want to use for the situation you're in. Like I have some armor that if 
if anybody hits me, I'm like tissue paper. They just cut right through it, but it's very strong against magic. So if I go up against a magic foe, like putting that on would make sense. But in general, I don't like doing that min maxing. Uh, so I just picked a set that's generally strong. Doesn't give me the fat roll, which is, you know, on the side, it will tell you if you're light load, medium load or heavy load. If you're heavy, when you roll to dodge, you will roll slower. Like the lighter your load, the faster you yeah, roll. It's called so fat it's, rolling. I everyone was making fun of me in chat, like you're fat rolling, and I'm like, so what? What, <laughs> what does <laughs> yeah, that mean? A, it's a new term. Don't fat roll. No. Yeah. Stuff so I hadn't heard before. That. It's seventy percent of your in, encumbrance. So there's no encumbrance for your inventory, but there's encumbrance for what you have equipped. Oh, I see. That's that where makes you'll sense. See that. So if you overload yourself, then yeah, you get that. I do think it's kind of hilarious that the game adheres to this to these really strict rules about momentum and follow through and no interrupting your, your animations. And you know, you're, there's just this deliberateness to that. And that's one of the aspects that makes it so difficult, but then you can make a horse appear under your butt and jump off giant cliffs and not hurt yourself. Like they don't seem to carry. I mean, I know it's a fantasy world and you can make conceits and everything, but they don't carry that, you know, they didn't want to make a perfect horse simulator that you have to do exactly right or else you're going to die a lot. It's just combat that's hard. Yeah. That's and interesting. You get the horse pretty early, too. Yeah. Maybe you might have gotten it already. I don't even know. I think as soon as I get out of the hole, I get it. Yeah. The yeah. fall yeah, damage right is really funny, to be honest, because there is fall damage in this game. Yeah. Um, and it's basically like a huge window where you're fine, then a very tiny window where you'll take a little bit of damage, and then after that, it's instant death. Mm-hmm. Like so, and it, you know about it, rainbow stones? Yes, that's what I was gonna say. So there's oh. a cool trick with these things called rainbow stones that you get, where you can use it and you will throw this little stone off a ledge, and if it shatters, you'll die from that fall. If it lands and glows, you'll you'll be safe. Yeah. So that's how you, that's how you test if a drop is safe or not. That's Unless great. You just try it yourself. There's actually an item that you can just drop and and check it out and say like, oh shit, it's safe. I love that. Now, the game also, I'm looking at one right now, there's just exploring and you'll find a hole and go, oh, there's a cave at the bottom of this thing. Which There has are n- caves and dungeons everywhere. So that, I, did you That's find, exciting. did you go to the bottom of the sewer, uh, John, without spoiling too much? There's a sewer in the forest. You go to the bottom and there's basically like a, it's like, you know, the big dungeon in Skyrim, the big underground dungeon. There's a really big dungeon in the middle of Limgrave, if you don't know about it. Really? Yeah, know. like not one of those ca- not one of those caves that's like you know just a few rooms and the boss. It's like I went in there and I was like, "This place is massive. I'm leaving," but it looks so cool. I, oh, well, wait a minute. Like way, way down. Like deep. Like deep way down. deep. Yes, deep down. yes. I did go down there. There's yeah. There is a hole. Like the map is huge. The map is enormous. It feels yeah. like, and I'm yeah. still like finding new sections of it. It feels like, and there is an entire underground map. Yeah. So Scott, there is a main quest, right? With these castles and you look on the skyline, you're like, what are all these castles? There are castles. It's like 15 Ganon's castles all around. Like whenever I'm playing, I just look and I'm like, I'm in a castle. It's huge. I've been in playing in here for two days now. And there's like four other castles I can see from this castle. And yeah. I'm like, what are these castles? Like there is so much real estate in this game and it's not, this is because people compare it to breath of the wild. Cause it's like, Oh, it's open. So breath of the wild, but 
a lot of the stuff is very like labyrinthine. Like it, it's a maze. Like, so, and, and usually there's something at the end of mazes. I, I don't know if you were watching last night, John, when I got to the basement of the castle. Yeah. And I was like, what's this? Like <laughs> stupidity, like it, cool stupidity, but just like, this has nothing to do with the, the main reason I'm there, but there's something really awesome in the basement. And then just out, out, in the continent, there's this mega dungeon somewhere out there underneath that's like optional and I'm pretty sure is not main quest stuff because yeah. I've heard that there's this thing called legacy dungeons or something. So I think this game, like I'll be able to tell you when I finished it, but I think this game has like an actual like ginormous amount of con- like, content. If you like this kind of game, it's there's just a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, like next it's level, kind of exciting. next level like Skyrim it. in terms of places to go and explore and do. I don't mean Skyrim in systems, but Skyrim had that. Yeah, it feeling, doesn't have right? the role playing aspect. Uh, you can't, you know. You right. Know, it had, Skyrim always had their arrows. Skyrim had that thing where you'd be like running around, and go, "Oh my gosh, there's a hole here. Oh, there's a whole thing under here. Okay, cool." You know, like that feeling was always a really cool thing about that game, and it sounds like th- that, not but on steroids here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so today, just to give you an idea of some of the stuff that can happen, I was just riding around exploring. I was like, hey, you know what? Here's a part of the map. I haven't unlocked any of the I don't know what I don't remember what they're called. They're the equivalent of bonfires from Dark Souls. Points of Grace or Sites of that. Grace. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and I didn't have any for a section of the map. And I was like, well, clearly I haven't explored much over there. Or there just aren't any. So I'm going to go explore. So I just went over there and I got in some fights and I killed some bosses and stuff. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. And I just saw this tower with just like generic night enemies around it. I was like, okay, well, you know, let's fight them. So I got in a fight with them and I made my way up the tower and I did this cool thing where I jumped my horse off some rocks into the middle of the tower. So I skipped climbing the lower levels and I just climbed up to the top because they had this, uh, this guy on a giant crossbow up top and I was like, well, I got to fight him. And I killed him. And I knew there were people coming up the stairs behind me, chasing me. And I was like, wow, let me open this chest real quick. And then I'll turn around and fight them as they come after me. And I opened up the chest and I turned around and the chest turned into fog and teleported me away to a place I'd never been before. And a place where the only option was to fight a gigantic monster. Yeah. And that was the only thing to do there. And I tried to fight this monster and I could not fight this monster. So I ran past him, stole the loot that's up by him and ran my ass out of there and got and teleported away. And it was like this really like just out of nowhere, just a tower in the middle of the woods. And all of a sudden it teleports me to this city uh, there's incredible stuff that I don't want to describe that I saw while I was there that I could just see in the distance. And I know it's a place you're going to go because it's a place I'm trying to get to eventually. But like, that's just from one random encounter out in the middle of the world. Like, and it feels so crazy and magical and cool and uh, rewarding. And like, I told Bo on one of his streams because I was just riding around and I just saw this thing and I was like, this building isn't like there's no door like it's just a perfect like square of like ruins like you can see over the wall but like it's too tall for you to jump but i was like the horse can jump over it so i double jumped on my horse over it and there's just a flight of stairs down and down i go and i open a chest and i get a friggin' darth maul war staff (laughs) out of there yeah and i was like it's just out here for no reason you just get it 
And it's like the, it's a really solid weapon for well, you, especially you for have, dexterity builds. You have yeah. to think of jumping over that wall, which I had been to that location and didn't think of jumping over the wall, so I didn't have it. Didn't you know do what I mean? It, like, yeah. I complete like like you'll miss secrets, but still get things. So feel like, well, I cleared this area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like I didn't nope, you didn't get everything. It's kind of wild. Can you guys yeah. tell what 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 is the George R. R. Martin bit of this? Is it a story bit? Um I read a bit of an article about that, um, sort of clarifying, like he came up with the overall lore. Like it's not that he wrote the story. Yeah. It's that he wrote the lore for it. So like when you're coming up with like the lands between and and the tarnished and whatever else there is to discover. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he laid the foundation for these larger things. I don't think he wrote necessarily like, at this point, this character has to say that because I don't think this game is going to give that to you. I think this game is more about the stories told in light strokes yeah. and in the in the atmosphere uh, and, and, and things like that. Well, that's Although the thing I that I've think always there's a oh, weapon that's an homage to him. <clears throat> oh, is there? What is I it? I mean, is it a yeah. really nice weapon at the f- uh, the first five inches of it, and then the final inch sucks? Is that what, is <laughs> no. that what that is? No. You know the Iron Throne? You know how it's like a giant throne made out of melted swords? Sure. And how it looks? Yeah. Imagine a giant two-handed great sword made out of that. Oh, it's that's, just like that's it's cool. just swords all the way up. That's cool. And yeah, and there's like, some like the high-end weapons, there's some pretty ridiculous uh high-end weapons that I've caught in a glimpse of over the past week, but I try not to see them. I, like I shut it down immediately. Like, yeah, no, you don't spoil. want to get spoiled. The thing about it I is one thing about this game is everyone's posted Images oh, everywhere. of this game. Stop. Yeah, video <laughs> clips, images, all that stuff. Here's the, here's the thing that I I do. I will say about all the Souls games. Everyone thinks I'm such a Souls hater. I'm not. I just cannot finish them. They just are too punishing. Whatever. We'll see how this game does for me. And I'm not even guaranteeing anything. But what I'm saying is, what I've always loved about them is the tone is undeniably rad. It's my favorite kind of fantasy, dark fantasy tone. Uh, it's this is gonna be a weird comparison, but it reminds me of of playing something like Metroid prime. It's, it's a weird example, but, but that feeling of isolation, like you're, you're in this weird place that you have to figure out and you're alone and it's dark and strange. And that's never been my problem with these games. I, in fact, I love that about the games and that's partly why I've always argued will be nice if they were a little more approachable by general public people, because maybe they would, get to see this this the majesty of the design and everything else all of that aside though that's that's a real draw for me and even just this early stuff i've played today for an hour is all i've had um mm. it, that tone is just so like ah and it feels good i also really like that the sekiro style um assassination mechanic is here so if i'm quiet and sneak up you know behind a, a dude that can get taken down in a quick stab in the back i, I can do it i like that um, if I do it wrong, it's a bigger fight, and that's fine. But I, I like the 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 option of approaching a camp or a, or a guy at a you know at a, at a at a crossroads in a way that is different than just head on fighting. I think that's fun. So yeah, I'm 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 just for the hour I played, I was like, oh yeah, this smells like what I like. Let's see if it you know if I can handle it in the long term or not. I will say with regards to difficulty too, there's a lot of control you can take into your own hands with it. Um, 
on how easy or difficult you make it for you. I apparently was playing somewhat on hard mode for a while. There's an item that it felt like everybody had. Everybody I talked to was like, yeah, I just go in there and I summon my jellyfish and the jellyfish goes in and then it hits the jellyfish. And, oh, it's such an easy time. And I had the jellyfish and it was on my item screen. Yeah. I couldn't do anything with it. I was mm. like, what am, what am I missing? Why does everybody else get to use a stupid jellyfish? And I don't. And I finally, I asked somebody and they're like, well, you got to get the summoning bell from this lady. She appears in, in the first church that you go to when you first get out. And that's why everybody has it. Cause she's like very early on. And they're like, she only comes out at night and you just get a summoning bell from her and you do it. So I tried to get her to appear. She wouldn't appear. I think I killed her is the problem. Oh. Cause I got in a fight with, uh, there's a, there's a big boss that patrols the area, right? Where you first come into the world. And I got in a fight with him and I think using my abilities, I accidentally hit her and killed her um, early in the game. And I found out that you can buy the summoning bell, this very valuable weapon uh, from another place that you eventually go to. And I got it. And oh my gosh, did that make the game easier? Because it does. It lets you, it uses a little FP and it summons a minion that will come and help you, uh -huh. um, which they don't do a lot of damage. They don't do a ton, but sometimes just getting the boss to not focus on you and yeah, focus on something aggro. else yeah. like changes the whole thing. And so I actually switched to, I don't use the jellyfish. Um, there's two skeletons that you can get as a summon. And the reason the skeletons are so good is skeleton monsters in this game. When they die, unless you deliver a killing blow when they're on the ground, they resurrect at full health oh, and geez. the same applies to the summons. So usually what happens is I'll summon the skeletons and they'll go in and they'll attack the boss and the boss will kill them, but it won't finish them off. And then the boss will come after me. And by the time I'm healed up and taken care of, my skeletons are back ready to help me out some more. That's great. And uh, they're my, my skeletons <laughs> and I like them so much. They help me out in really bad situations and I didn't have this uh, like I beat the first two big story bosses without it, although I did do multiplayer on uh, the first. Oh, boss can you market. describe that real quick for those who don't understand how it works, including me? How, how do you do that? How do you summon people in? What is that? Uh, so there is uh, there's an item you'll get very early um, that starts talking about multiplayer features. You're going to get a whole bunch of them. Um, but basically what happens is they're when all you get, fingers, basically. Yeah, they're all fingers and eyes and weird body parts and stuff. But when you get up to a boss door, uh, you can activate this item. It looks like an eyeball in your inventory and it lets you see the summoning signs for other people. And they're these yellow signs that glow on the ground and only do the yellow ones. The red ones mean somebody wants to challenge you to a PVP fight. So just be wary yeah. um but when you stand on it you'll see a picture like a ghost of the player and you can just summon them into the world and you can summon up to two people to help you fight a boss the boss will be harder but you'll have an ultimately easier time because you'll have two allies helping sure. you sure um and uh yeah they just come right in you can also volunteer to help people but I killed Margit twice because the first time I didn't understand how the summoning worked. 
So mm. I was doing the thing where I was writing my sigil on the ground yeah. and then I would get pulled into someone else's game oh. and I'd help them try and fight this boss and we downed it and I was like, yeah. And then it sent me back to my world and the boss still wasn't dead. I went through the door and the <laughs> market's still there ready to fight me. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the person on the screen, that's the person who gives you the summoning bell, uh, the witch Rena. I think that's who I killed. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, just be aware that you do you will not make story progress if people are summoning you to their game. You have to summon people into yours for story progress, but you will still get items if you help people kill the boss. So there is still some advantage for doing that. Yeah, and for the chat, I I want uh, some people brought this up. I just want to make this clear to people at home. I'm not saying George R. R. Martin. The TV show and the books are very separate, and I get that. I'm not saying he ruined the TV show. I'm saying the TV show petered out in a kind of a crappy way. His books are still great. It's he's still got other books to write in that series that you know supposedly the show finished. I get it. Just save your emails is what I'm saying. Uh, all right, very nice. Um, this game is awesome. Yeah, everyone's. I don't know anyone who doesn't like it who's playing. I'm it. shocked to be liking a Souls game because I really. You know, keep away. Let's keep keep away. Like hold my crowd. Like, yeah, okay. You know, I just wasn't interested. It was great that you guys had your game. Yeah. And now a week later, I'm like completely in. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should play some Sekiro. That game <laughs> interested me. I'm like, go back and try these other games out. You know, and maybe I should play Breath of the Wild. Actually, that's the game I've been thinking the most about. Yeah. I own and haven't played. I'm like, I'm enjoying this open world experience. Maybe I'll go play Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, tonally, it couldn't be more different. But the 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 what you guys describe about what you've played so far, things I've heard so far about the just the vastness and the and the sense that that was hard to fight, so I better not do it yet. I'll go do something else, and then I'll come back later. Like that's very Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. You know? And like, I think just the differences are apart from the aesthetic and the, the tone and all that, and yeah. the, the the sheer like it's a lab. Some of these places are they're like labyrinths. It's fun. It's refreshing. Even the game's trying to make me get lost and hide things from me. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's the RPG mechanics, right? Right. Like there is a sense of you know you can eventually overcome with the items and things like that. Which you know I think in a game like Breath of the Wild, it's more metroidvania ish like this game almost feels metroidvania ish but it isn't because it has the rpg uh, element to it sure it's nice it's 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 been it's it's refreshing to want to play a game and not be thinking about the construction or meta story of the game even in the throes of its you know huge popularity i just enjoy locking into the game playing and that's it and it's just been a while since i've felt like that about a game you know just just yeah just like a game like this like uh, disco elysium makes you think about all kinds of things because it's so right story driven right like this game you just like six hours goes by and i'm like oh man i want to keep playing this game and i didn't even think about the time going by it's it's, it's really good it's really deserving it's a uh, high critical praise nice honestly. i just noticed this guy did a different kind of summoning or john did you mention these wolves because he's got uh, no, you get the wolves with the bell. So I also didn't have those. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch like, and sometimes like your reward for doing a dungeon will be they'll give you a very powerful summon uh, that you can you can pull in one that actually does do heavy damage and and will carry their weight a little bit more. Um, so it's like a whole additional system and you know i haven't even really touched the magic business but i've seen casters do some incredible things and 
it just this whole game and this series i mean it applies to dark souls too but this game like there's just so many mysterious things uh, about it in a fun way like yeah you could probably go find it all in a wikipedia but the game doesn't make you feel like you have to it just makes it feel like when you encounter those things it's really cool like the first boss who's this boss margaret you'll probably hear a lot of people talk about because it's basically they designed the first boss of this game to be insanely hard to encourage people to not try and just mainline the story but go out and explore like if you just follow the quest markers and go right to Margit, you're probably going to get your butt just kicked. Yeah. Because it, it's there to make you say, oh, I need to go out and level up and learn yeah. the game a little better and get more stuff. Yeah. But apparently, and I never got this, I never found it, but there is a merchant in this game that will sell you a shackle for Margit. And I saw somebody do this on one of the attempts. Uh, it was the one where I joined somebody else's game where here's this big boss that's killing me over and over again. And this guy walks out and just does a little sigil with his hand. And this giant circle appears uh, around the boss and yanks him forcefully into the ground and holds him in place while we all just stab him repeatedly. Oh, wow. And it was so cool. And you can apparently like do it twice uh, and it it won't work anymore after he hits the 50% mark. So it's not just like an instant kill, but I still don't know where that item is. Somebody else found it and it made their run more special and unique. I didn't encounter it, but it's still part of this game's world and and legacy and story and like stuff like that is just so cool. It just makes, you know, sometimes you go over a hill and it's just a hill and there's nothing there, but it makes you interested to go see what's over that hill because there's so many weird little things in this game that, you know, you, you know, maybe only three out of, five times there is something but when there's something like it's so cool yeah uh i yeah i don't know just talking about it makes me excited to keep going so uh next week we'll talk more about where we're at with it will we hit a wall will scott will scott make it through i don't know bet place your bets i don't know maybe or will i play bomb slinger um all right well and then bo you played a lot of the extra stuff that you usually i played my usual games there's a new valheim patch everyone by the way adding caverns to the frost area which is nice because i haven't been to the mountains yet so we're just getting ready to go there now nice but that's actually a pretty big deal that uh we're getting some content for valheim yeah they haven't been been a while right since they've had new stuff Uh, there's there's been drips and drabs there's been small content updates but they didn't anticipate the popularity of their games so they're they worked on a lot of fixes over the past year. They didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Mm. And then they've hired a lot of people. So there's probably a lot of onboarding. There's a big patch expected to add the mist lands, which is going to be a huge patch at oh, some point. That's but for the now. New, it's a smaller patch, Yeah, but that's the new biome. Player, right? Small the new patches are exciting too. mist lands in the new biome or something. Whatever they call it. Yeah. Mist is three biomes, not in the game. So mist lands is one of the biomes and then there's the ash lands in the deep North. So nice. That's going to be a big deal when that drops, but um, this is still nice. It's still fun to have new content. For the well, game. there you go. Uh, all right. Well, we've come this far. Let's do this. That's a good question. We got an email that's kind of related to difficulty sliders, stuff we talked about last week. Uh, emails came to the address I'm about to give you at home. Talk to the core at gmail.com. That's talk to the core at gmail.com. This came from Mitch, who says difficulty slider in Elden Ring was a subject 
So how difficult sliders, difficulty sliders work in Witcher 3 and Skyrim is it increases or decreases the amount of damage you do to an enemy. Uh, in Elden Ring, since they don't auto-scale the enemy to your level, you can achieve this exact same effect by over-leveling your tune or your character, for those who don't know what a tune is. I over-leveled in Elden Ring, uh, my Elden Ring tune to level 40 uh, with some easy farming tricks and went back to starting zones to play the game. <laughs> In quotes, uh, even though I am a way higher level with OK gear, it's still not an easy game because a lot of the difficulty comes from learning new combat systems uh, that are different uh, than any other game I've played. I uh, it is the muscle memory of that. It keep uh, it seems to me that most of the difficulties in Elden Ring come from the different combat systems. It is way more complex uh, than the average or than, than most action RPGs. I don't know if you can lower the difficulty like you do in other games without dumbing down the combat system. Try and see if you agree, Mitch. Um, I mean, I haven't played enough to, to prove this out, but everything you guys have described kind of proves that out. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think it just gets lost in translation, uh, was in that debate, but, mm-hmm. but really, and it, it's again, cause I haven't really played the other souls like games that much. I can't really say, but the, it, yes, if you level up your character, content gets easier that, that that has been true and not just level up gear upgrades find the right weapon practice at the game um i think when you have a, a, an easy slider you forego the, the importance of just practicing like just getting better at timing your dodges like you don't really notice it but i've played every day since friday i'm definitely better at recognizing cues and pressing the buttons so I like how you describe that better than Souls Bros describe it. Because they usually yeah, just say, yeah. get good and flip you off. You said, practice, get better, and you'll start to recognize stuff and be better at the game. I like that attitude, Bo. Yeah. Yours is better. That's what, the ga- that's what the game's asking you to do. And, and like, yeah. It, it also- it's, it's really go at your own pace. The other thing that I've heard from people, too, because the game is such a cheaty face game, like, it's you know, it's a bastard of a game. Yeah cheesing is like you don't got to feel bad about cheesing like there was a knight and knights are bastards and i'm like well he's in a room and i'm on the deck so let me just i shot my i just shot a crossbow at him and he couldn't hit me and i'm like i don't care ping 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 <laughs> ping 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 like <laughs> i'm just gonna ki- like i don't care it's like if, if i'm just you know, some people might be like oh you gotta go in and fight him and it's like it's your experience of the game yeah. if you find like a cheaty ass way to kill people i mean the game doesn't let things stay dead. If you hit a site of grace, all the monsters respawn in the world. That's cheating. Yeah. If I kill, if I kill a guy, he's dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, I don't mind uh, taking advantage of, of monsters that don't know how to fit through small doors. Yeah. You're, fine. you're, but you're fighting on the, on the game's terms. So, I mean, I'm fighting like eight foot Godzilla's. You think, you know, <laughs> if I had to go fight Godzilla in real life, I wouldn't take a, a cheat or two like from <laughs> if, if the, some government was like you want a couple of nukes to take with you to go fight godzilla i'd be like some would say that's cheating yeah but not me i'm i'll use the nukes to fight godzilla well maybe nukes are a bad example because they're very dangerous to the world but you know what i mean if i had a godzilla yeah. gun you know yeah. or something like that yeah the the yeah, gun of godzilla, godzilla. I what, what's the kryptonite of godzilla uh mothra, mothra. yeah mothra a, so like maybe if i had a moth gun that should just try to stream a moth <laughs> I that's how he translated it to Mothra. Bo in his head Bo was like well I wouldn't have a Mothra that's ridiculous I'll have a gun that shoots moths 
<laughs> that's an amazing gun. It's, it would be like, be... that's cheating. It's Godzilla's kryptonite. I'm like, we need to get him off our planet. <laughs> like, it would just cover that. you. It would just cover you in that uh, in that weird moth dust that moths have on their I, little wings. Yeah, I kind of want a moth gun uh, now that I. I mentioned it. Man, there's a scene in here where the whole dungeon's just a dick. There's like fire coming up one hall and then another that's, hall. And- uh, that's where one of my that's where I wrote my first message. Uh, because if you hit those things that shoot fire, yeah, uh, they retract into the floor. So oh. I put a message that said "Try oh. ranged battle" because if you shoot an arrow at it, oh, you just go yeah. into the floor and then you Listen, don't. Have we've to worry given about Scott the floor. a lot of tips. Yeah, thank well, you for yeah, the tips. I like this is early. This, this is, is good tips. Business. No, I appreciate yeah. the tips, but also uh, you need to put butthole at the end of each message. I've learned that's what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is shit. Well, it's not butthole. Battle, it's butthole. butthole. Yeah, <laughs> one key butthole. Shoot the trigger, butthole. butthole. Chode. No, maybe? not butthole. Butthole. Oh, but, butthole. Butthole. It's one T. Oh, one I T. see. You got to pronounce it with one T, not two T's. Butthole. You say butthole. It's two T's. When you say butt, yeah, you don't want two T's, Uh, Mitch. I I, I think just to the guy to the to the emailer's point, like like I said, the difficulty's built into it. And last week I said this, and I stand by it. Like those people that are the the Dark Souls bros that are like, get good, our game's so hard, and just pat themselves on the back all the time, like. You talk to them and they fight with each other all the time because they're like, oh, yeah, you beat it. How'd you beat it? I was a pyromancer. And they're like, oh, so you did easy mode. Like they're never satisfied. They just want to feel good. Just let them feel good. Play how you want to play. Do what you want to do. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. like they like that's the truth of this game. And you'll see it with Elden Ring. You'll hear people go, well, I defeated Margit without multiplayer. Okay. Yeah. Great. Like so uh, good. Yeah, <laughs> then well you done. should well go, done. go do it. Yeah. Like that's fine. Good job. Uh, other people will beat it with multiplayer and they'll have an easier time probably. But you know, that's their that's their decision to make. Let's call so, them Elden Ricks. That's the name of those guys. Elden, Elden Rick. Ricks. Yeah. That's pretty good. It has to rhyme with ring somehow or come close to yeah. it. Someone in the chat room said Elden Chad, but I don't Well, know. aren't they Elden Dicks? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elden Dick. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down with Elden Dick. Or maybe Dick Souls or something. Dick Souls. Oh, my gosh. Dick Souls. That's That's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty good. That's not as good as a moth gun, but it's damn close. Uh, all right. Well, well done. Uh, email us again, everybody hearing this. You want to, uh, you want to add to this conversation, talk to the core at gmail.com is where you can send that. I want to shout out some awesome patrons of the show before we go today. Uh, for example, dick rings. that's it. Dick, dick rings. rings, dick rings. Nice, nicely done. Although that, well, whatever. I don't want to kink shame. Uh, Corey Hodges is at their core hound platinum level. We've got the core hound civil level for Joel Snipes. Love that name. Joel Snipes. What a great name. Joel Snipes. Yeah. I hope it's Joel his real Snipes in. I really hope it's his real Elden name. Ring. Yeah. Elden Ring. The movie. Joel, Joel Snipes. Jeff Fobert is uh, also in at the core hound silver level. Uh, just these are just three of our many patrons who are awesome. And if you want to be awesome and be considered great people, <laughs> uh, then do it the the way they did it. Go to patreon.com slash core show and sign up today. You get a commercial, always commercial free uh, show. You get bonus content every single week and a bunch of other extras you can't get in any other way. So check it out. Patreon.com slash core show for everything else. It's frogpants.com slash core. Talk to the core at gmail.com. And of course on Twitter, Core Pod, John underscore Jagger, Bo Schwartz, and I'm at Scott Johnson. You can find this show live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain at twitch.tv slash frogpants if you want to do that as well. It's now time to have some words of wisdom, boys. 
Let's go around the uh, the thing here and say, John, what what do you want to tell the people? Try jumping. Okay, I like but butthole. I like it. Uh, Bo, what would you add? Uh, fire. Oh shit. Well, now all everything I thought was real is not. So now I have to leave. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll be back next time with more. Until then, go play some video games. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. We really pulled a boner on this one. Mm.